Legionnaires and welcome to RPG Digest! Yay! In this live stream formatted podcast, we discuss tabletop role-playing games and comment on the TTRPG hobby as a whole. I am your father. I mean John, actually Auslow, your favorite, not so humble, curmudgeon, judge and critic, and executioner whenever Heathen Dog leaves and lets me. Never does though. Talking about Heathen Dog, along with me today, as always is the one and only reasonable person on the channel. That's right, nobody else. Ethan Dog. How are you today, sir? And you- I am well, thank you. Morning, everyone. Morning, Crafty. And I hope we find you well. Uh, today we got, some, we got some good stuff coming up, but Lost Ogre, how you doing? Uh, but before we get into that, let's, uh, let's, let's talk about the uh, what is RPG Digest for those of you who are new here, which I don't think neither of you are, but more people are coming in, so we're good. Yeah, I'm actually trying to change, there we go, change the Twitch thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what is RPG Digest? RPG Digest is informative. You know, it says informational on the, uh, <laughs> on the, the, the little musical intro, intro there. Yeah. I didn't realize I put informational. That just seems weird. Informational, irreverent. What was I thinking of? informative, irreverent, interactive, whatever. Um, it is conversations about the TTRPG hobby. Truthful, but, you know, opinionated. Opinions can be truthful, right? 5e sucks. That's my opinion. And it's truthful. <laughs> it's truthfully my opinion. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we tell you information you need to hear, not what you want to hear. We are not an echo chamber for the idiots who permeate this hobby. And apparently on Twitter, there are a lot of them. If you don't I, I like, like to say infest. Infest, okay. The cancerous infestation, okay. I can get with that. Kind of like, you know, a fungus, the spores shoot out, it infests you. I'm going with that. Wow, that's, that's dark, but okay. <laughs> if you don't <laughs> like our commentary, commentary, tell us why in chat or the comment section, uh, even though this part never gets up onto YouTube. But hey, you know what? If somehow... Or uh, you can join us on the stream to talk to us in segment three. Wow, Craft, Crafty Matt Craft has gifting all types of subs to everybody right now. Uh, so he gifted a sub to Lost Ogre and to Shadzar and to Durus2000 and to Trollord Games. Welcome, Trollord Games. And hey, to yeah, Valkyrie with two eyes. Uh, thank you very much. I absolutely 100% appreciate that. In fact, it's kind of funny because I have a little note card in front of me 
that uh, actually I was going to talk about <laughs> subscriptions are 2,000 subscriber goal. So really appreciate that. Everybody give Crafty Matt Craft a thank you, especially if you got a, uh, a sub there. Really do appreciate that. Um, so what, uh, what else are we? Well, we're trying to, you know, promote this uh, hashtag here, RPGate. I know some people think it's narcissistic. Other people are like, hey, we're happy you're doing it. Yeah, whatever, you know. You always got detractors and you always have supporters, right? Right. What, what is RPGate, though? Would you like to do this or you want me to? I'll do it. Okay. It's just an idea of how games should be. You follow these three core principles, if you want to call them that, and your game will be better. It will be more inclusive. It will be real-world politics-free, and it will be fun. And the three tenets are games are escapism, not representation. Putting yourself into a game can be fine. Putting your situation, your personal real-life situation into a game, you're, you're taking the play away from other people. If, if you are gay and, and you have to make sure that your character is gay and, and everyone knows it all the time, that's bad. You, that's not escapism. You're, you're representing yourself in the game too much. Pull back. You're ruining the fun for everyone else. And that, and that goes into the second one, entertainment over activism. The only reason someone is going to put themselves in the game too much is because they want to shove something that they believe down everyone's throat. That's not what this is for. This is for fun. People role play because it's fun. If it stops being fun, they won't role play anymore. This, this, is, this is simple math. This is all it is. We, and then we come to organic diversity from natural inclusion. You want your game to be to be diverse? Fine. Stop saying no. When people come and say, hey, can I play your game? Say yes. Only disruptive people need to be removed. Right. But initially, I don't care what they look like. They got a mohawk. They got a faux hawk. They got a reverse hawk. They got they have piercings all over the place. They, have <laughs> they a are a hawk. Face. No matter what you may personally think of these people, they might be good. Let them in. Include them. Kick them if they are disruptive. Kick them if they don't follow tenant number one. If they don't follow tenant number two, you boot them. But that's the only reason. If Hawkman from Buck Rogers decided he wanted to join your game, would you let him? Flat Earthers also? Yes, Flat Earthers as well. <laughs> I personally well, uh, until, no until they start Earthers. preaching it. Yeah. But then that is breaking. Tenants one and two. Mm -hmm. So they get booted. That's all it Opa. is. And if you follow these, these three broad guidelines, your game will be better. That's Without it. a doubt. Without a doubt. We just want you to have a better game. Better games are more fun. Oh, man. I love how it little flashes us first, like it forgets what it's supposed to do. I know, right? I'm glad, I'm glad you weren't picking your nose or something there. Right now, oh, do, it on, now. Me... <laughs> do it now. Do it now. So here's our so here's our social media. Uh, what a rever reverse what reverse, reverse hawk. like like Babylon Five. Oh. Uh, the the uh, Centauri race. They have the sideways mohawk. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? Let him in. Let him in. That that dude had a French accent though. I thought you had something against that. It wasn't French. 
wasn't oh. it wasn't French. No, they 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 dressed in like French colonial. Oh, maybe that's whatever. what it was. It's, it's yeah, kind of but the, their accent was vaguely Eastern European, I think. Okay, like a little bit Dracula and a little bit <laughs> French yeah, Dracula. It's been so long since I've seen it, I forgot. But uh, you can follow us on these social media platforms. The best one, by far, without a doubt, is Discord. But uh, I did have one subscribe star, uh, our our one and only (laughs) subscribe star backer say, hey, um, I don't remember to activate this thing, so tell more people to get on subscribe star so it happens automatically. So there you go. Get on subscribe star and and give us some money. So people can give us money automatically. Yeah. So other people can give us money automatically yeah, without having to think about it. There it is. Help a brother out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, do, 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 do. Schedule. I'm skipping the schedule. It sucks. I, I refuse to put that up here. All right. So we're going to go right to our thank yous. But thank uh, all the people who back us with uh, funds. By the way, I've got something to show you guys in a moment regarding that. But. Uh, Twitch subscribers, our YouTube members, our subscribestar backers, and anybody who donates cheers bits and donations or donates like Crafty Matt Craft did a whole bunch of subscriptions to our Twitch channel. Thank you very much. You know, the, the timing of that is crazy to me because every time I'm like, huh, maybe we should just move everything over to YouTube. Somebody does something like that. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I was, I was thinking when it, when it happened. Now, he was already a subscriber, but He's the one who created new subscribers. Do the new subscribers get to roll or does he get to roll? I think it should be him for a game because he he made someone a new subscriber. I did we do I thought we didn't do it for gift subscriptions. Because I remember there was a gift subscription craziness on the old Legion Myth live stream and uh we didn't do any giveaways. Well, we're not gonna give him five games. <laughs> give him the one game, but still. I I I mean, he's the one that's doling out the money, so yeah, it should be for him. Yeah. If that's how we're going to do it, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, we can... I don't have it up, but we can do that toward the end of the show. He's only going to be here for the first half, so how about this? Hey, Crafty, um, hit us up the next time you see us streaming, whether it's uh, a game or next week, and we'll make sure you get your... So I'm just not set up for it right now. Okay. Uh, and we'll make sure you get uh, you get your game. So uh, it's easier. It's easier when we're streaming video games because we actually have that set up right then and there, yeah, and we, you can we see can it on the screen. Go into Streamlabs and go, bam! There it is. Yep. Uh, for this one, I have to think about it. And well, I, I, I failed. I failed at thinking. So talking about failing at thinking, I do want to thank our viewers, those who follow us on Twitch, subscribe to us on YouTube, and the people who sit there and chat and lurk. We really like the chatting. It makes us, you know, talk to you. Are us introverts here? We talk to people because you chat. Chats are WYF. Why you for? What 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 you? I don't know what WYF is. <laughs> what happening? I don't know what's happening. Well, going through our intro. Well, he went to pee, and then I think he got a subscription. Is he one of the ones who got a gift? Uh, he did get a gift subscription. Yes. There you go. That's what happened. That's Crafty what happened. Matt Craft gifted you a sub. You should thank Crafty Matt Craft. Yes, you now have access to the private area that doesn't get used much of our Discord channel now too because of that. Mm-hmm. So Crafty just gave everybody a whole gave five people dirt on us. Damn it! <laughs> what are they talking about in there? All right. Uh, so 
<laughs> I want to thank everybody who uh, I want to thank people. If you want to give us money, uh, you can uh, check out the Wounded Warrior Project, and you can also hover over uh, if you're watching on Twitch. You can hover over there. You can see friends of the channel. Please give a nice little subscription to them over there. Follow and say that Legion of Myths sent you. I'm going to take this off the screen because talking about the Wounded Warrior Project. The hell do I get this crap off the screen? I can't think. There it is. Um, I'm going to embiggen me for a second. Okay. They, they oh, sent me stuff. So cool. Sent me stuff. Got my little uh, little Wounded Warrior Project shirt. And little logo. I, I, probably if I look down at it. There you go. Little logo right there. Um, I got a flag that I could put up behind me, but I'm using a green screen. And they gave me a huge mug. Uh, one of those things that keeps drinks uh, warm for about 18 hours. It kept my drink warm. It wow. actually, yeah, it lasted that long. I made it. It made it in the morning. And before I went to bed at night, it was still warm. So that was awesome. So anyway, I want to, want to thank uh, Wounded Warrior Project. Actually, I want to thank you guys for donating to the Wounded Warrior Project and uh, then the Wounded Warrior Project sending this to me. So, All right, let me unembiggen me. Nobody needs to see me bigger than everybody else. Okay, we have got a pretty eclectic show today. We got a bunch of weirdness to talk about. Uh, the first thing I would like to mention is... Uh, Oh, actually, the first thing I want to mention is, uh, hey, uh, for all the people watching, please share this. Uh, we're a small channel. YouTube likes to turn off my advertisement. <laughs> so if you could, I had to pay Heathen Dog this last week and, you know, it broke me. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so if, if you could share this video, get it out there. We are on a push to 2,000 subscribers. And if anybody cares, we can talk about it later. But really, it's 1,000 subscribers. But shh, shh, shh. We can talk about that later. You seem well, like you want to respond to something. Shadzar said there's a new location and there's an echo. Yes, there is an echo. This there's much more space in between me and the wall than there used to be. I'm in I'm in my my private room. If I he if got I ostracized. Mic, if I bring the mic closer to me and speak more nope. softly, it still nope. echoes. Still fuck. All right, never mind then. <laughs> so but yeah, I'm, I I've been relegated to my game room, so it's a little bigger than the area I was uh, I was streaming in before. For a game so, room, it's missing some dominatrix outfits, some whips and chains. Not and... that kind of game. Like you oh. can see, oh, you can see right there. That's the board games. And if I scroll up, there is half of my uh, role playing games. That's gonna fall one day. No, 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 no. Well, I I did build that, so it's possible. It'll fall <laughs> and then the other half is I can't turn it left and right. The other half is over there. The See, crafty i mentioned that i said just grab a comforter yeah <laughs> uh, uh just needs cardboard boxes to dampen yeah there's a bunch of different things that can work um i've got egg cartons i have to put those up behind me because ever since i rearranged my room about a month and a half or so ago i've got a little reverb also and i'm going to put some egg cartons behind me i i need one more and i think we're almost ready for that and then but anyway i'll be moving soon it's Apparently, anyway, so... But I, did, but I do want to mention one more time, just, hey, please share, 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 share this stuff. Um, whether you watch it on YouTube, you want to share it to your friends. I don't care if you even share it like, and say, oh my god, these guys are fools. Comment. And, uh, you know, what, whatever gets the word out there, go ahead and share uh, what we're doing. Get your friends to watch. And, you know, the more people that yell at us, the more we yell back and the more entertaining it is. Uh, do, 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 do. That doesn't matter. All right. So, first kind of thing I want to talk about is... Uh, do you believe we've been doing this for 20 weeks? This is episode number 20. That is weird. That, it doesn't seem like it's that long. Uh, it's same here. I mean, 
I remember every, every one of the episodes. And when I look back at it, I'm like, yep, 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 yep. But 20 weeks, uh, I mean, not that I didn't think the show would last that long. Hell, I think it's going to last years. But uh, <laughs> just, yeah, the, the 20 weeks is, uh, has been interesting. I mean, I don't have another word for it. Uh, so what, what are your thoughts about doing this for 20 weeks so far? Okay, well, um, I kind of blindsided Heathen Dog with them uh, on this, so give him a second to thank. Yeah, give, give me a second. Well, now, talking about RPGs, I did that for years on, <laughs> the, on the live stream. 20 weeks, the Asians only be on page 12. Ouch. Ouch. That's actually true. That's 100% right there. But, uh, yeah, uh, on, the, uh, on the old uh, Legion Myth live stream, I did uh, role-playing games, tabletop role-playing games for years. Done a lot of them. But uh, in, with this one, I've done more that I've never seen before. Like uh, people in Discord and you have, have uh, brought to my attention a more varied array of games that I've read, I've liked or disliked. You know, I've, I've liked uh, uh, Hyperborea. I've disliked Star Trek Adventures. Liked... We didn't do that on this show. Don't blame this show for that one. No, no, no. But you <laughs> gave it to me. <laughs> so that's what happened. So you're the one who did it. But uh, yeah. And then, you know, I've, I've, I've liked, uh, um, again, on, uh, on the old Legion Myth live stream, I did Hero Kids, which is a super, super good game for, for children. Excellent, excellent game. And on here, I just got introduced to Blood, which is a super cool game, but definitely not for children. <laughs> Definitely hey Travis, not. how you doing today? Hey Travis. So yeah, uh, more varied games. I really like it. I like it a lot. Anything? Else? Okay. So how about this? What's what's the bad about this show so far? What 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 are things that you would not like to me? Like I wish Max was off the show. Don't do that. Um, but but I mean, but the, but things that haven't lived up to what you thought your expectations would be so far. Okay. Uh, I really really loved my old format. Oh, with really the slides did. and all that? Yeah, the slides, 30 minutes, you know, in and out, 30 minutes, you know, for, for my segment. Uh, it, it made YouTube a lot easier because, you know, the, the segment ones now can be two hours long and no one's going to watch it on YouTube. It's not going to happen. Hey, uh, they have. <laughs> yeah, but for the watch time of like, what, 10 minutes? Come on. No, uh, the Castles and Crusade ones actually got a lot of, uh, I mean, I think one of them averaged 59 minutes, which is unheard of. That is unheard of. That's crazy. But uh, Shadzar says, heathen dog expectations, not enough money. That's true. No, I'm, I'm not hurting for money. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need He's this. He's so story. not hurting for money. I have a day job. He doesn't. I mean. Yeah, I don't work. <laughs> I, I retired, uh, shit, 10 years ago? <laughs> no, 12. 12 years ago. I stopped working 12 years ago. Uh, I want a sugar mama. <laughs> that was part of it, yeah. But I remember the big, uh, big enough donation. He then will even take off his pants. That's true. That is absolutely true. For a hundred dollar donation, I will take off my pants. Wait, what? No, that hundred dollars isn't worth getting kicked off YouTube. I'm not saying I'm going to show my junk. I've got underwear underneath. I take off my pants. And this, I have the room now to dance it out. <laughs> Look at that. Hold on, I need a hundred dollars. Hey, honey, I can, I can dance it out. <laughs> so there uh, you go. Uh, Star Trek is weird, weird British SJW BS from Modiphius, which is bizarre coming from a publisher that did Conan with its violence. 
almost completely nude art, slavery, etc. Somebody commented on that. I don't know if it was you, Crafty, but somebody commented on that uh, with regard to the Modifius one when we talked about like Dune and so forth and the Adam Coble incident. Mm-hmm. Said, you know, they're not SJWs because uh, they have Conan. And I'm thinking, I mean, well, that's great, except for pretty much everything that I've received from Modifius off their website and so on and so forth, plus the way they treated me. Well, I order directly from Free League Publishing when it comes to the Year Zero Engine games, not Modifius. One, get it from the horse's mouth. Number two, Free League has treated me wonderfully. I'm hoping, I mean, they're this close to kind of go crossing that, that line of going SJW themselves, but they're not there yet. And so they've treated me wonderfully. They make great pro- products. They're not all SJW. Modifius, everything I've dealt with them, including emails and so forth, has been cringy. So, uh, Modifius thinks their Warhammer board game is an RPG. <laughs> look, I, look, if they have a good product, don't take away the good product. I'm not going to sully that just because, you know, they have bad products. I'm just saying my experience with Modifius has not been, uh, not been great. Uh, any anything else that you want to comment about the twenty weeks before I say my thing? Uh, I've seen a lot, uh, not a lot, but we're we're seeing varied people in chat, which I like. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the idea for segment three, bringing people on if they want to come on, I like that too. You know, I want I want more people to come on. I want Shad's that are come on. I want I want Crafty Matt Craft to come on. And and I I specifically want them to come on and say that you're a dick. To your yeah. face. To your the virtual first. face. Wouldn't be the first if person. That would bring me joy. <laughs> I can do it for you. You want me to call myself one? <laughs> I gotta go. Nice. I was actually expecting more of that. All right, so so here here's mine. I, I got I thought about this for all about seven seconds. The good and the bad. I'm free next weekend. It's a date. Oh, wait a minute. Talking to him or me or both? Both, baby. Oh, you want a negative point? Positive or negative? It really doesn't matter. But I would love anti-max negative. (laughs) And that's easy. Nice. I can that. So, so for me, for the twenty weeks, here, here's the the good that I wrote down. The first thing was it's actually this show, specifically this show, because it's what we're doing has grown our YouTube channel better than than the video game stuff we used to have on there. I know we still have some of it, but I kind of removed most of it. Uh, and the Legion Myth Weekly live stream. I, to this day, don't get it. I don't get it. So Heathen Dog talked about his 30-minute format. I like the format as well. I mean, he and I had, you know, conversations about it for, uh, what were you on, like four and a half years, four years uh, that yeah. you were on it, of the five? Um, but it didn't get traction somehow, and I, I, I just, I literally don't get it. Um, the comic book reviews I thought were great. The only thing that I, we ever really got complaints about was <laughs> Garthon's intros to your segment, and whatnot. You know, because YouTube doesn't like those uh, doesn't like those minute long uh, uh, building Off up crescendo rants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for some reason they don't, and and uh, they they don't like unscripted content. Just... Yeah. That, well, I mean, this is unscripted. This is even more unscripted because the focus. Oh, well, what what, I, what I'm saying is they didn't like Garthon interjecting anything. Oh, that is true. Yeah, that is during true. My segment. Yeah, I mean, I I had I didn't have a script. Like I didn't have a complete script, but I had a uh, I had an outline that that I followed and slides that I referred to. So you you could say it was scripted. I knew what I was going to say. 
you know, let's say it that way. But uh, Garthon would Garthon and I would would converse if he had a question or a comment or something, and people on YouTube hated that. Yeah, um, and there are some notable ones that still get comments to this day. Tell him to shut up. <laughs> that Garthon got to shut his hole. <laughs> uh, see, so pick up Forbidden Lands off recommendations of. Well, hey, uh, I love Forbidden Lands. I mean, it's it's. If you're a D and D player, it might not be your, you know old school just D and D, and that's all you'll ever play. It might not be your thing, but uh, I think it's a great balance between rules light and uh, and the old school deadliness. I, I really, yeah, my my collection. I you only see a couple books right there where my thumb is, but it's it's double that size now up on my actual bookshelf. Uh, let's see the the so the first good thing was that the, that this has helped us grow. So, I mean, that's always good. It's, it's not about the money so much. It's about the fact that uh, I like the fact that what we're saying, it's narcissism. Everybody, anybody who does a YouTube channel who says that that person's not a narcissist is lying to you. Okay. Whether a little bit or a lot, everybody who does this, because what makes what I have to say more important than what you have to say? Why do I have a YouTube channel and you don't? Well, actually, anybody can make one. The point is, is don't let anybody fool you out there. I don't care who the person is. If the person's doing YouTube videos, the per the person for whatever reason thinks that uh, he or she is more important than you, or that uh, he or she has something that uh, that needs to be said and wants you to hear it. And I'm, I'm fully in that camp because uh, I know I'm right, and you need to hear this. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, but this is what I wanted to do. Uh, I wasn't on the Legion Myth weekly live stream because of time constraints. It was at what three in the morning for me. Yeah, <laughs> that wouldn't work out well. So yeah, Garth, uh, it, Garth and I live in the same country, so you know it yeah. makes it easier. Yes. Uh, although when we started Legion Myth weekly live stream, I lived in Illinois, and then like That's two true. weeks later, I'm like, oh, by the way, I'm going back to Germany. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, this is what I wanted. I wanted more ranty. And well, Heathen Dog joined the show uh, six months to a year after it started. I, I can't remember what episode number you started on, but it was somewhere in that time frame, six months to a year after it started. Uh, it was nobody wanted my nobody on the show wanted my rants. Uh, Garthon, he kind of well, he may or may not agree on a lot of things. He doesn't typically like the whole, you know, f this, f that, f the next thing that I like to do. Well, antagonism uh, in general. True, true, and antagonism in general. Rick definitely didn't like nope. that. Um, Brooks Liliandra was a little bit more okay with that, but it's still, again, it, it was. Uh, I wanted the angry Joe Schlow, angry Joe Schlow. Wow, angry Joe Show uh, style. You know, maybe without all the production value, and uh, you know, they wanted more. Okay, sir. So we should tell you today our topic is, you know, and uh, you know, there's a little dichotomy there. So Heathen Dog can tell you whenever I was on the show, what did you have prepared? I had a mute button prepared. This little button right here. Well, not on this keyboard, it's a different keyboard, but this little button right here would mute just Max. Just me. He started, if he, and another thing, mute. <laughs> he, he telegraphed it. It's like, ding, there it is. I let him so, do his thing. I'm like, ding, all right, we're back. So, so while I, while I was on the show, I, yeah, I wasn't allowed to be as ranty as I wanted to be. And, and that's actually what I like to do. I like to tell people to go get fucked. Um, now, you cursed it segment one. It's not segment one yet. Um, with that in mind, the board game captain, with a K, he responded to our reaction video to him. And uh, he pretty much quoted every time I cussed him out in there. 
and yeah, in the comment. No, but he responded back with Max, go eat shit. That's how you respond to this. <laughs> he didn't get all poo poo face about it. He told me to go eat shit. And he also, now, now to, to his credit, he also in in his post uh, thanked us for on screen subscribing and liking oh, yeah. the video, even though we 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 poo pooed all over it. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm not trying to hurt somebody's channel, so yeah. yeah. Um, the 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 point the point being is that uh, he didn't handle that like a crybaby. He handled it like, okay, dudes, this how you want to play this? That's what yeah. I'm looking for. Remember, drama and sex sell. That's why people do it. Nobody talks about the planes that land safely. They talk about the ones that crash. All right. Um, another good thing is uh, we get to meet people like Grim. Yeah, and part part fun. of part of my hope was to you know actually start talking to people although now I'm, i don't know how much more i want to do that not nothing with grim it's just i see the people out there I, this will be something i talk about later i find this hobby i, I think i sent it, it uh, was it to you heathen dog i sent today where i said i find the people in this hobby boring or at least the news yeah. within this hobby it's always the same thing over and over again combat wheelchair i hate combat wheelchair orcs are racist shut up orcs are not right you know uh, more diversity a shut you know whatever it's that that's all i'm seeing and it's boring and I, I don't like commenting on the same exact things over and over and over and over again um as much as i like to rail on them and call them f-words all the time after you do it a couple times on video that's it's already there for posterity you don't need to keep doing it but that said i i, I like the idea of meeting new people we've got a couple other people potentially in the works i think we're looking at november 1st for our next guest People don't go to Nazi. I know, right? Exactly. Don't tell that to a couple of my friends who are absolute indie car fanatics. And if you say that to them, they get all types of pissed off. Although I will tell you, I think both of their IQs total maybe my shoe size. But just saying. Um. Anyway, they wouldn't be watching this show. This is too intelligent for them. Lastly, uh, the, the other good thing is uh, we get to meet people like you. Heathen Dog already said that, but he was spot on. We get to meet people like you. Our chat, this is a lot more chat, with the exception of Duncan Idaho. This is a lot more chat than we ever got from the Legion Myth Weekly live stream. And we appreciate that. I like reading the chat, so uh, let's keep that up. Let's, uh, let's get more. And uh, again, share, 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 share. Now, here's the bad of 20 weeks of RPG Digest from... Actually, I was perspective. Cue the sad music. Um, oh, actually, no, I didn't say it to you. I wrote it on here. <laughs> this hobby is filled with boring people and content. Like, seriously, like, I, I was going through the last three days when I wasn't building the Conan server and trying to find something interesting to talk about and i was like it's the same crap we've been talking about the week before the week before the week before the week before jr uh you know uh jk rowling's uh you know a turf uh you know, tolkien's a racist uh hp lovecraft is problematic like we already discussed all that we don't need oh look uh you know this person said this word and that person said that word it's the same crap over and over again there's nothing interesting somebody needs to do something interesting we need another adam coble incident did i just say his name twice today if i say it a third time it's gonna be like bloody mary um uh but uh, we need another incident like that that we can rail on we need somebody to say something really stupid in a video that we can react to so if you find any of that stuff send it to us <laughs> and, and uh Actually, that was uh, bullet point two. Uh, it's making topics a little bit harder to come by than I thought they, they were going to be. 
And here's here's uh, the third one, and this one I'm I'm reaching out to you guys again. Heathen Dog kind of said this as well. He took my thunder from me. God, hey, you let me uh, go first. That's a problem. That, that is true. Uh, I was really hoping that we'd have more people jump in. So I, I based this show off of a couple of different ones. Uh, most notably, Ethan Van Skyver's uh, Comic Artist Pro Secrets, where he brings people in. You could also look at the Jack Show. You could look at uh, Cecil or Anna. Um, you know, that Star Wars girl, you know, things like that, where we'd have, you know, it wasn't just me and Heathen Dog. In fact, I think one of the first things I told Heathen Dog when he first came in, A, uh, I need you here for segment one because you're good at it. That's, that's your thing. I need you to keep me uh, uh, on, on task. But this is my show. This is going to be a rant show. This is my idea and so forth. And, and I'm not being like, ah, oh, Heathen Dog's nothing. No, without Heathen Dog, this wouldn't go. My point being is that it doesn't just have to be Heathen Dog. We brought in Garth on once. But it can be any one of you, if you've got something legit to say, if you think it can be on the show, we can have three people in here, we can have four people in here, as long as we're not talking over each other. I don't have to be here one day, Heathen Dog can run it. Heathen Dog doesn't have to be here one day, I can run it. The show is supposed to be flexible. And one of the things that I was hoping is after, you know, after we got going for like a month or so, is that uh, more of you guys would be like, hey, I, I'd love to be on and just chit-chat with you over this stuff. So, um, that's the problem Nina Sarkeesian has affected all of entertainment, the same thing over, I know, right? So. Uh, why do people just, still listen to her? I don't understand. Her and Zoe Quinn, yeah. Uh, Zoe Quinn. That's... I don't want to... Nope. Nope. One of the things I'm going to talk about today is going to be related to both of them. Awesome. Um, uh, well, it's going to be quick because it's not tabletop related news so much, so it's going to be very quick. I'm, I'm going to kind of bust into tabletop. Travis says, uh, uh, just look at the internet, Max. There's plenty to choose from. I find it most of it boring. Like the same thing over. Like, it, you guys posted uh, some stuff in in the Discord. One of them I was already kind of planning on talking about, but most of the stuff in there is like I can't find myself ranting on it. Like I just that's what segment two is supposed to be about. Although we're gonna go a different direction today. Anyway, this is not a complaint. This is not a wine session. This is like, hey, you know, it just shows that we've got some improvement to do here. Uh, looks like segment one is doing well. Our segment twos do better on YouTube. Uh, that's why we have RP. Get yep. Uh, Typically speaking, but we definitely hope to have more uh, more guests like Grim. I hope you all got a chance to watch the Grim episodes, and if so, definitely would love for you to go over to his Discord or even just do an at on him in our Discord and thank him for being on the show because uh, he was a really good sport. It's much more fu fun to have on the show than I was kind of nervous about. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've spoken to a very liberal, um, reasonably liberal. Think you're no, no. Well, no, he is. He is very liberal, but also. Mm -hmm. Also, uh, uh, intelligent and understands what conversation means. Yes, because yep. we usually, usually when 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 a liberal says, "I want to have a conversation with you," it's preaching. All right, crafty. Th thank you for being here. Hey, make sure that uh, we get you your game. Uh, so whether it's on yep. Heathen Dog stream or my stream, uh, make sure we get you your game. But uh, thank you for being okay. here. Thank you. Old yeah, school old school. Liberal. Liberal. Yes, yes, old school liberal. One that will actually, you know, thinks they're right, will discuss it with you, understand where you're coming from, and try and convince you otherwise. That is that is that is a conversation that that I like to have. But mostly the the what they a liberal what they call themselves now are just people who yell at you until until you give up. That's their whole plan, which pisses me off. 
He didn't say he was an SJW. He said he supported he he social justice. Yeah. No, no, Shad's our president. Though Grim calls himself an SJW. At least on our show, he didn't call himself an SJW. He said that he supports social justice concepts and ideas. Uh, so, uh, social justice warrior. So it's like the difference between the Black Lives Matter thing. Uh, Black Lives Matter in and of itself, saying the phrase, I mean, of course Black Lives Matter. And, you know, sometimes maybe certain people need to hear that a little bit more that, hey, you know what? Black people are people too. They need to hear that. But the organization is a terrorist group. I don't give a fuck what anybody says it is. So there's a difference between Black Lives Matters and like, hey, everybody, Black Lives Matter and the organization out there that's a neo-Marxist terrorist group. Well, same thing with SJWs. SJWs, yeah, you can be a social justice warrior, but you're really not going to call yourself that anymore. Like, like he said, you know, the woke scold. However, we still in the U.S. here mostly called SJWs. Um, you can be a social justice warrior or a proponent of social justice and not be the douchebaggy SJW. Right. And uh, Shadzar here. This is funny. Uh, it's like when Max and Heathen talk about story, quote story, they don't know the word has been usurped by SJWs to mean something other than what they mean it to be. It, no, no, it's not what we mean it to be. It's what it actually means. Now, the the whole the whole language, the combat of language that the that the far left is is doing now is just disastrous. Uh, the the latest example, and we're not in segment one yet, so I can I can talk about this. The latest example in the in the current um, justice uh, Supreme Court justice hearings, uh, the the uh, judge I forget I forget her name, so it would be I forget her name, but uh, she she said the phrase sexual preference. Oh God! <laughs> and then literally within twenty four hours. The Merriam-Webster definition was changed so that sexual preference is now considered offensive. That happened. Less than 24 hours later. This is why when Merriam-Webster came out a couple years, years ago, mostly in 2019, though, and, you know, with the whole they thing and started changing stuff. Remember, dictionaries are supposed to follow language, not create language. Exactly. This is what, yeah. you know, so many times, you know, and this isn't vindication. I'm not saying here, look at me. I'm vindicated. No, because I know ultimately I'm going to lose anyway. I'm still going to fight it, but I'm going to fight. I'm going to go down with the ship fighting it. When all that they, them crap came out and people started changing to that and so forth. And the, and you know, the prominence of like Merriam Webster came out, started promoting that. I didn't accept it. Fuck you. Well, and even Heathen Dog's done this a couple of times. Like, well, it's in Merriam-Webster. Don't you think at this point you kind of have to accept it? And very, very rational, legitimate argument. Absolutely. But now it's proven bullshit. So, fuck. Damn. And I, and I'm, this wasn't my intent to call Heathen Dog out, but 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 my point was is that is absolutely a rational argument. Well, you know, if it's in the linguistic dialect, the book that you're supposed to reference, yeah. But when that book is creating language and not responding to language like it's supposed to, that, yeah. So I, I part of me kind of feels I don't want to say vindicated again. Vindicated would mean I'd have to win, but I'm not gonna win this one. Ultimately, I, I'm listening to everybody under the sun speak like this now and it's just make me want to take baseball bats to the entire world um literally equals figuratively no the fuck it doesn't <laughs> I know. so all right uh senate well it was actually because the amy uh amy comb barrett whatever the hell her name barrett, is barrett. Uh, That's it. yeah barrett. uh hearings and so forth so yeah. um okay uh I, I just wanted to talk real not, that wasn't real quickly but i just want to kind of have an intro here before we got into the real segments uh Regarding, you know, hey, 20 episodes, thank you very much for being here, for growing us to this point. Um, 
Really do appreciate it. Now let's let's get a whole bunch more people like you. I want that chat going by so fast I can't read it anymore. And, and the oh, only thing, yeah, yeah, because when that happens, we'll only be reading super chats. Yeah, or bit chat or what? I don't know what the hell would it be for Twitch. Whatever it is for Twitch. Yeah. Subscriber chat. Oh God! <laughs> nice. That was per that was perfect. That see, it's not just me doing it. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Um, so how did you want to do this today, Hindog? Did you want me to go first so we break it up? Or did you want to go first because your topic is a little more... Uh, I will go first. Lengthy. I will go first. Okay. All right, here we go. So today I want to talk about one-shot games. This is uh, this is um, maybe your group is has ended one campaign and is going to start another. Or had ended one long-term game and is taking a break. From you know, from the campaigning, maybe your your game master is building a new campaign, and that of okay. course takes time. I need to cut you off for a second. Sorry, uh, we got a YouTube chat, so I know that you can talk about what you want in your streams, and I respect that. But wanted to comment if maybe instead of leaning much into the politics, the stream should focus on the RPG stuff. So that's what we're doing right now. Uh, yeah, this, this intro was a bit longer than normal simply because of uh, the fact that I wanted to talk about we had done 20 episodes. Normally, segment one is just straight up fundamentals, no politics, no whatever, just the game. Segment yep. two is where we do the commentary and so forth, where we where we go after people. So Typically, yes. Today just happened to be a little bit of an exception because we were talking about, uh, you know, thanking you all for being here and helping the channel grow and so forth and kind and of then, what it means to us. The, the chat got us wound up and that's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> but we were back to two things. Whatever it was. Oh, yeah. So you, you find yourself having having a weekend where there's no game. But you're like, you still want there to be a game, but you can't start a whole new thing because there's something coming on the horizon. So. I'm going to help you try and put together a game that's one shot, four to six hours, and uh, everyone can have fun. Everyone can can do something that that Saturday. Still, still stay together, but don't have to really uh, completely commit themselves to the character or this world or whatever. Just have some fun, and you can do it with almost any game. I mean, you you choose your game. I'm going to be as generic as possible in the beginning. And then I'm going to give specific examples at the end. All right, so here we go. The first thing you have to do when you are making your own one-shot game is you have to structure this adventure. This thing cannot go off the rails. You only have four to six hours. Not 46, four to six. <laughs> you only have four to six hours, all right? You cannot have... Uh, super hard puzzles you you cannot have super long long journeys that have to be role played out you can't have that the the story has to be tight it has to almost be on rails almost all right and everyone's going to forgive you for that because it's a one day game it, you want to finish it everyone wants to finish I, I, it. I call these so, convention style games yeah con con games right because you get four to six hours in a con game, sometimes eight, but usually it's between four and six. So you have to structure your story. It has to be tight, has to be lean. All right. So you have to have, you have to have a, a protagonist, antagonist. The antagonist does something the protagonist react to. And you can have one, maybe two little tea tiny side arcs, like helping, helping someone. Uh, that you come across along the way, that's super easy to do. 
but adds flavor to the story. And then, and then they will surprise you by, by giving you a piece of the puzzle that, that you didn't know you needed to defeat the antagonist, stuff like that. The next thing you have to do is pre-generate the characters. I'm sorry. There is no time. There is no time for everyone to make their own character. There isn't. That, that, that can take a day all on its own. I'm going to caveat that, that, that later, um, but uh, I, I don't want to stop your train of thought here, but I'm going to make sure I come back to that because I want to caveat that later. I basically agree with you, but there is an exception. Okay. So what you have to do is, let's say you have, oh, I don't know, four people. You make five characters. You make sure all these characters fit in, the, in your story, and you throw them on the table and say, anyone, pick, pick whichever one you want. Go. Now, the reason I say five and not four is because the person who picks last, just say it, no agency. I'm not going to say it because people hate it when I say that. <laughs> so uh, the, the reason being is because if there's four players and you have four pre-generated characters, the person who picks up that last character is going to feel like shit because that person had no choice. You put out five characters, one more than the people that are playing, and the last person only has a pick of the last two. But it's still a choice. But it's still a choice. So they have the illusion of free will. You did it. Good good job. Excellent excellent work, Game Master. You tricked another player into your little web of lies. Good job. Now, another thing about these characters, they have to be built so that one of them can be dead and the and the story can still be finished. Because if you have these characters where all of them are required to finish the game, what if someone dies? You have to make sure that no one is a linchpin. No one character has to be there to win the game. It's, it's almost never a good idea to have, have a PC be a linchpin. It's usually an NPC. You have to keep this NPC alive because this, this, this NPC has to carry the Holy Stone to put on, on the dark altar to to uh, uh, purify the land. And it becomes an escort mission at that point. That's normal. That's fine. But if a player character is a, is a linchpin and that player character somehow dies, you're screwed. Your whole story went off the rails and you can't complete the adventure. You have to make sure that someone can die and still be completed. Uh, escort mission, exactly right. Now, if you want an example, here's an example. Let's say uh, there is a magic door that you must get through. The wizard can do it. He, he can read the magic and decipher the, the puzzle of the door. The, the thief could do it. He could find a way around the door or open or jimmy it open or bypass the magic because the, sometimes thieves can do that. Make sure the fighter can do it by just brute forcing that shit. Just bust it down. Like, it magically won't open. Yeah, but it's still made of stone, right? Yeah. Get my axe. <laughs> there you go. So you have to make sure there's multiple ways to complete each objective so that if one person dies, the objective can still be completed. Uh, I learned to make healing potions available as common. That is, that that's a shortcut. That is a shortcut, but if you build your story correctly and you make the pre-generated characters correctly, you don't need that. You won't and need I, and that. I, and I have a mechanical way around 
doesn't follow exact D&D rules. Don't care. I have a mechanical uh, way around uh, the comment right before that where he said, for many years I hated... Oh, why don't I just click on it so people can see it? Uh, for many years I hated the walking medkit use of cleric, especially when Evercrack, the cleric, had one job. Yeah, that is your job. Heal, sit, med, stare at your damn book until level 35, rinse, repeat. That is your one job. Get over it. Don't like it. Don't play a cleric. Um, but uh, in, in the tabletop gaming world, uh, I... Well... Not gonna sidetrack Ian though. I just deal with healing a little differently. Okay. So what we have so far, we have we've built our game. Our game is made a little bit more on rails. Actually, no, a lot a bit more on rails than 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 your regular session inside a larger campaign. And we have our pre-generated characters. Remember, one more pre-generated character than there are people to play to give the last person choice. And so now we we uh, jump into the actual game. The only thing that could go wrong at this point, as long as you, you built your story correctly, you built your pre-generated characters correctly, are the players. The players are the only thing that can go wrong at this point. The worst thing to ever happen to any tabletop RPG story is a player. Because oh, there go all the dislikes. Thanks. <laughs> because they're the ones that will run it off into the weeds, the goddamn bush way over there. And you only have four to six hours. You got four hours to get this thing done. And then you, you got you got little Timmy over here who wants to go and talk to every, every single NPC, investigate every goddamn blade, blade of grass because he he's thinking, oh, th there might be something buried in the forest. You have to you have to pull Timmy back, all right? You pull Timmy back. And the way you do that, the easiest way to do that, and I've seen this happen in conventions as well. The game master will talk to each person for two minutes individually. One of one of the people, he will say, Hey, listen, I'm gonna give you a signal. If I give you this signal, you have to pull people back in. And get them going straight, or else we're or else we're not going to finish this adventure. I, I got. Have you actually run into this? Because I've run a few one shots, and I've never a single time ever run into a situation where somebody tried to go off the rails. Uh, I, I have run like, into it. I've run into it at at Gen Con in really? uh, 2010. Gen that Con is 2010. Odd, because almost I, I I've. Every table I've sat at, people realize, okay, this is a one-shot. We're either here to learn a game or play a game we enjoy or, or hang out with people we enjoy, whatever. Okay, so what's the game put... What's the GM putting in front of me? That's what we're going to do. Let's move on. I, I don't think... I mean, I've run into bad games, but it had nothing to do with the players taking it off the deep end. It had to do with actually bad game masters. So I've never run into this in a one-shot. Okay, in, at, a, at a con, I've played so many games at, at conventions. Gen Con... The, uh, when I was younger, they had cons in, uh, where I live. I went there. Yeah, the, the, we went to we played Paranoia there. Yeah, and uh, um, it happens mostly in home games, but at cons, everyone knows the score. You paid money to sit there for these four to six hours. You are not. You are most likely not going to purposefully derail the game just because you want to. All right. But it happened to me one time, and, th and that, that's the reason I know, because I saw it happen. I saw the Game Master 
look at a player and that player brought the, the errant soul Timmy back into the fold, back on track, back on the story. And after it was over, I asked him, is, is he your friend? He's like, no, no. But every game I, I tap someone who I, who I think is reliable and I tell them, Hey, I'm, if I give you a signal, you, you, you gotta, you gotta pull the pull whoever is going off on their own back into the fold so we can complete the story on time because no matter what I have to be done in four hours, this table I mean, no longer becomes mine. I mean, I can be contrarian and so forth, but I guess I, for me, I just recognize that I'm in that setting, whatever game I'm playing, I'm just going to take what the game master throws at me and nibble on it and move on. I you mean, are, I, you are a responsible man. Congratulations. There aren't a lot <laughs> like you. <laughs> so you, you have to make sure that you can keep, keep them. I don't know what to call it. Uh, uh, kid bowling, right? You you put you put the bumpers in the gutter. You got to put the bumpers down. All right. Make sure that no one can go too far off the off the rail here. I mean, they got wiggle room in the lane, right? But they they will bounce off a bumper and they will all end up at the pins. That's where you want them. That's where you that's where they have. Gonna to hit be. at least one of them. You're gonna hit at least one, right? You're, you're gonna get there. Whether you win or lose, it doesn't matter. You got to the end of this one-shot adventure, and that is half the point. The other half is to have fun. But if, if Timmy is off in the woods looking for non-existent buried treasure, no one's having fun. Timmy has hijacked the game. That has a that has a death clock on it. All right. All right. So you want to make a one-shot game, though that's what you have to do. You have to create a story, a tight story, lean. Not a lot of nuance, not a lot of, of side quests, if any. You have to pre-generate the characters. Let them choose, but have one more pre-generated character than there are players. So everyone actually gets a choice. And then you have to make sure that no one goes off the res on you. No one goes off the reservation. Remember when we were all allowed to have fun, good times? Yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff. So that was general. This is going to be specific. All right. This is what I did. I, I love to do one-shot Cthulhu games because like Paranoia, Cthulhu is a, is a game where if you die or get, or get removed from the game by going insane, that's not something to be pissed about. That's common. It happens a lot. So if your if your guy dies or goes insane in a one shot game, meh. I mean, hell, if it doesn't happen, I mean, it shouldn't happen to every character. But if it doesn't no. happen, then there's something wrong with how you're running right, it. Right, right. So yeah, there you go. So this this is what I did. In the back of the fifth edition book, there are eight pre generated characters. I was going to run a one shot for for two people, which is fine. It was a one-shot game. You can have as many people as you want in it. So I gave them three characters to choose from. And I made them roll. Highest roll wins to first choice. Okay. They chose a scholar and a reporter. There was a scholar, a reporter, and a student. All three of these characters fit into my story. Two. One of these characters is the only one necessary 
to complete the story, but any one of them could have. I made sure of it. I made sure of it. So if one of them dies or goes insane, the other one can complete the story. Remember, there's only two of them here. So you have to you have to account for one person dying. So for for a Cthulhu game, there there's three main adversaries in in a in a Call of Cthulhu one-shot game. All right. In a in a longer campaign, you have much more variation. But in a one-shot game, you have three main adversaries: a summoning cult, a uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, mythos creature infestation, or an expanding cult. Now, a summoning cult is obviously their whole job is to summon some otherworldly creature to this planet to take over or get money from or power or sex or wealth or whatever they want something from this thing but they have to sacrifice shit to it to summon it up and it enters the world and it causes the world to be even worse crap hole than it is now the uh the the, the mythos creature infestation is there is a mythos creature inhabiting a certain place killing people or uh tainting the land or corrupting people's dreams and minds or something, and you have to eradicate this this infestation. And then there's the spreading cult. This uh, this is the one like a like a uh, an eviler version of Scientology, trying to make you a know, name for itself. Trying to make a name for itself to to gain worshippers, to gain followers, with the end result being becoming a summoning cult. Summoning cult's kind of like the end game for cults. That's like you know you reach the you reach the finish line when you when you summon your your patron. Uh, God, got a question uh, for you. He's off topic. Did you see Lovecraft Country by chance? Curious of your thoughts. You being a C Cthulhu fan, I have not watched it. I have not watched it. I want to wait until the season's over, and then I'm going to binge it. That's what I'm going to do. I want to watch it all at once. Anyway, uh, where was it? Oh yes, the 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 expanding cult. Their job is to gain new members. And usually they gain new members by, you know, brainwashing or uh, magical mind mind manipulation or drugs, um, drugs made from the blood of, of some mythos creature. Obviously, you inject into them, they get all black veiny and, and then they're now part of your cult, you know, stuff like that. So the, the, those are the three that's usually it. in this one. It was an expanding cult. It was expanding at the university where the student and the and the professor worked. The reporter was brought in because there there were some deaths that were unexplainable, but the cops just let it go. Like, ah, oh, it's a drug overdose, whatever. But he covered the first one and he covered the second one and he saw black veins and the reason i said black veins is because this is what i used uh, black veins around behind the ear of both of these people he brought it to the cops the cops like ah get out of here jones you're an idiot you're a goddamn tabloid hack get out of my sight so the the investigative reporter started investigating where we you know follow the leads where these people were and i had clues set up for him he followed the clues and he found some symbols that he could not recognize. Where do you go to get symbols translated? You go to the university, the local university, and, and you, you speak to, barring uh, 
a, a grad student, which was the student in, uh, in, in historical dead languages, you speak to the professor of historical dead languages, which was the other character. Now they're together. All right, they have a clue. They're putting the clues together. The, the university professor translates this to, to uh, an, an ancient, I, I forget which, which mythos creature I said it was, but it was this mythos creature, uh, an, an ancient cult that was supposedly died out some thousand years ago. And they used to have the, the practices of, uh, of uh, um, putting all of their blood in, into, into a giant like chafing dish thing, uh, saying, saying magic over it and turning it black. And then having having uh, slaves drink this this black blood of the god whatever, and then be becoming thralls and and vassals to the cult, with the end game being when they get one hundred uh, vassals, they sacrifice them all at once to their god, and and th their their god appears and gives them joy or orgasms or whatever 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 it is they're supposed to get right. So then they, they went on to try and expose this cult. Well, they followed all the threads, and it turned out that on the board, the university board was a cult member. Uh, the uh, um, the lieutenant detective in the local police department was a member. They they fought all and the the members, and this is another part of the story too. The, the members uh, ritually scarify themselves with uh, with spell language. So what they do is they they open up their shirt or their or they pull down their their sleeve and there's there's ritualistic uh, scars all over and all they have to do is draw blood any amount of blood over the spell they want to do and it instantly goes off they they take well, damage every time they cast a spell blood magic but, but it but it, exactly but it goes off instantly I made sure they didn't have super powerful spells right because I didn't want that. Well, but it's a one shot. I, I, you don't I, want anything blown up your game anyway. Exactly right. So, but uh, it, what 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 they saw was, you know, they pull out a little knife and they would cut, and blood come out, and then their eyes would get instantly bloodshot as 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 the pain hit them, and then the magic spell would go off, and if, if, you know, it created an ambiance. If you have to, if you have to cut yourself open to to create horrible, otherworldly, maddening magics. So it ended up they they uh, they found out where uh, where their uh, ritual is the little chafing dish of black uh, black blood of the god, and uh, they went in there and they ended up you know killing all of the uh, all well almost all of the cult members one of them got away, but uh, the the university professor uh, was mauled to death by the by the mindlessly aggressive vassals they, and to be clear the, the professor them. was a player the professor was a player yes the professor and the reporter they, those were the two players he was mauled to death his his insides were ripped out a la um day of the dead you know where the where the the, the major army guy had his his intestines ripped out of him by the zombies never saw he, it oh you never saw it you're you're a bad person but uh yeah i mean he, he was basically ripped apart by by these uh, mindlessly aggressive vassals and uh the the, re the reporter saw this saw him die and decided f it i'm gonna kill all these vassals he set the place on fire now i i had given him clues that he can set this whole joint on fire i gave him clues you know there were torches everywhere 
and then uh, there there was uh, not not torches. There there were lanterns everywhere. They were oil lanterns, and in the corner of the room was a giant like uh, oil drum full of kerosene that these lamps ran off of. He opened up the kerosene drum, spilled the oil drum. It's like a hundred gallon drum. It went everywhere. And as he ran out, he he flicked his bick backward and boom, the whole place went up like a tiki torch. Now, he was almost insane by this time. Watching his friend die, seeing the ritual, all of this chipped away at his sanity, but he didn't go completely insane. He survived. Now, he survived up until a week later when, when he saw in an alley eating a rat the university professor, the other the player character who got ripped apart. Now how did he live? He, he was uh, uh, because of the ambient magics in the area, he was he was resurrected as a zombie. So he saw a zombie. And then he he lost the last bit of his sanity that he needed to to roll for a temporary derangement. He got it, and that's where I ended it. That was the end. That was four hours. So that was an example. I kept them on rails by every clue they find. I put there, and it leads specifically to the next scene in the story. There was no ambiguity. There was no puzzles that they had to they had to do. That all takes time, and it could take more time than they have. If they make a role that is imperative to move the story forward and they fail, you have failed in this one-shot adventure. The one thing that they, they can die all they want. Combat, you know, you rolls your dice, you literally takes your chances. But if they fail to progress the story, that's on you. You build your adventure to where to they cannot fail to progress the story. Knowledge that they need, absolutely required to move the story forward. Not win, not win. They got to roll for that knowledge. Like the uh, the university professor, when shown the symbols, I didn't make him roll to to determine the cult and the history of that cult because he knew it. But I did make him roll to find the the, the significance of the iconography to figure out what they were doing making people drink the, the blood of their God to turn them into vassals and to, and to, to in the end result, bring, bring about their, their God on the earth. I made him roll to figure that out. He didn't need to figure that out to get to the next phase in the story, the next scene. He didn't need to know that. He happened to make that roll and he, he made it. He made the skill check. So he was able to know that, but he didn't need to, to progress the story. So that's basically it. I mean, uh, that that's your uh, that's your one shot adventure formula right there. I'll go I'll go over it again. Lean story, no side plots, and you 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 do not need to make any any kind of skill checks or random rolls to be able to move forward. Pre generated characters, and I'm gonna I'm gonna let you talk about that in just a second about your thing. Pre-generated characters, one more pre-generated character than how many players are going to be in the game to give everyone choice. And the uh, and the, uh, the the third one is make sure everyone stays on track. If you built your story right, it's going to be harder for Timmy to go off in the weeds, but there's always a Timmy. There's always a goddamn Timmy. 
someone's going to go off in the weeds, right? Timmy. Exactly. You got to be able to bring him back. If you can't, you have, you have someone, you have a ringer in the group that you spoke to before the game and say, Hey, if people start going off the rails, you got to bring them back in. You got to be my bumper. You got to bring it back in. We got to get into the pins. We only got four hours. You follow these things. You will have a successful one shot campaign that everyone will finish and everyone will enjoy. So my, my, my question for you, so that, that adventure, was that done to people brand new to the game or people who just wanted to have a one-shot experience? Uh, one of them had never played Cthulhu before. The other one had played Cthulhu one time. So I take a little bit different, very similar, but I take a different track because uh, I tend to use uh, treat my one-shots as introduction to the game. So I actually have written out uh, a full adventure. It's pretty generic because I've used it with multiple game systems. And essentially it includes uh, conversation combat, if you want to call it that. Basically the mechanics between meeting, greeting, uh, if the game includes such a thing, charisma checks, whatever. Then it, uh, it has a very tight adventure. It's, it's a monster hunt. Actually, it's a treasure hunt that includes monsters. Uh, so it includes combat. I include the surprise, I include the basic combat, and of course it requires team tactics because I make sure that what you're fighting is something one person couldn't defeat without such extraordinary luck. Uh, I introduce them to magic if that's in the game, somehow, some way. And lastly, if there's a, a version of it, the stronghold, like Forbidden Lands, for example, there's the stronghold aspect of it. Uh, every one of the Year Zero Engine games has that stronghold aspect of it. And then the final, the conclusion, where again it goes back to the charisma checks and so forth. So they get social interaction. That's what I wanted to say. God, I couldn't think. So it's basically, I, I make sure it includes social interaction, magic combat, uh, nuanced combat, and uh, ultimately, you know, getting the treasure and what does that mean and moving on. So it's a little right. more okay. combat oriented than yours, but but then again, C Cthulhu is a very much more introspective game. It's investigative horror, yeah, rather than combat. Yeah, but basically, uh, if if you come face face to face with an old god, you're going to lose. There's there's no fighting. You're just going to lose. If you come fa face to face with an old god's lieutenant, like a higher order mythos creature, and you fight it, you're going to lose. But you can escape this guy. You you could get away. If, if you come up against a minor Mythos creature, that's the only time you can win the fight. Uh, Krantz mentioned Savage Worlds earlier. That's one of those games that uh, we wanted to take a, or I want to take a look at. I, just, I only have one book, and fitting it in right now is uh, not something that I want to do because the people who like uh, Savage Worlds are very... Uh, <laughs> they love Savage Worlds and all renditions of it. So if I don't know everything from Savage Worlds this to Savage Worlds that to Rift Savage Worlds everything else, I know somebody's going to get all, all weirded out on me. Also, it has one aspect of the game that I'm not a fan of, which are the cards. I, I just I don't like cards in games. I don't use no, I cards get, for Forbidden Lands. Yeah, I mean, um, they, they did that with Marvel, too. The, the, the Marvel role-playing game it has cards now. I don't, oh, now, okay, so I, I remember the Shift Ys and Zs and so forth. Oh, yeah, that, that's the 80s one. Yeah, that's the one I like, the one I have up there above okay. my head. Yeah. Um, for uh, Shadzar and those talking about it, RPGA was much, much, much better than Adventure League. Uh, yeah, it still had its problems, but that's because people played for points and so forth. But I still take uh, RPGA over Adventure League any day. And I'm hearing myself echo again. Uh, so, 
Yeah, I, actually, I said the other thing that I want to say. But basically, the last one that I did run was a Forbidden Lands, but it's kind of a it's something I wrote a few years ago when I wasn't really in gaming, and I wanted to kind of write a convention thing. You know how we were going to Gen Con every few years and so forth, and I'd always kind of tossed out the idea of maybe I'll run something at Gen Con. So I started setting that up then, and it, it just kind of turned into this is the adventure that I run for any game when I run it brand new, first time ever for new people, whether it's Earthdawn, which is a game I have experience in, or Forbidden Lands, which is a game I'd read, but I'd never actually played or run before. Uh, I'll do it for Astonishing Swordsman, Sources, Hyperborea, you know, so on and so forth. Uh, what RPG doesn't have dice, perhaps? Uh, playing cards are more obtainable for people with RPGs. Well, uh, dice are way more obtainable. I mean, especially six six-sided dice. I mean, they're, they're in every game in your home, basically. At your grandma's house, they have six-sided dice. Well, one of the I mean, things... Your, your I just grandma think... has the opti, right? There you go. <laughs> Guess what? You can now play Shadowrun. Uh, I'm just a firm believer. It's just like uh, if you ever hear me go on my rant about controllers and PC gaming. Uh, if you write your game for a PC and you expect people to use a controller, I hope both your eyes get stabbed with a hot poker and you die of cancer. Because uh, I absolutely despise the entire concept of using a controller on a PC. I also feel the same way, though, about people who you know expect mouse and keyboard on a console system. There's a right way to do things, and when you play an RPG, you're playing with dice. So... Uh, yeah, I, I uh, don't like, I mean, Forbidden Lands has cards. Uh, I don't use them. I don't use the advanced combat Forbidden Lands. Uh, some people complain that that screws the fighter over because it takes away one of a fighter's talents or potential talents. The fighter just doesn't have to take that set of talents where, where he can manipulate the cards. I, um, I just, I mean, I don't mind them so much just for initiative, but I just, even then, it's like, roll dice. Come on, the randomized effect is just so much better. Uh, Power glove is dead. On packs, wow. All right. Uh, well, so and does anybody have any questions for Heathen Dog with regard to uh, how to run a one shot adventure? Right. I mean, you can ask now in chat, or you could ask uh, in segment three and, and jump in and ask him directly. Yeah. Yeah. Ask me directly. But if you have any questions you want me to elaborate on something I've said, then uh, yeah. Uh, use Monopoly money for in game wealth props. Hey. You know what? Uh, Cthulhu is actually big on props. It really is. Uh, uh, in the in the book, in, in the in the fourth edition book, they have uh, generic manuscripts and hieroglyphs and runic symbols that you that you uh, uh, copy in a copier and then and then uh, alter on your own and give that to the player so they can all look at it. You know, a tactile type thing. So yeah, you know, props are fine. Props are fine, but they they shouldn't be necessary to play the game. Right. They should enhance the game. One shot. Uh, how do you make sure we'll end in the allotted time if everything goes on track, but it's just going slow? All right. Uh, you are the game master, so if everything's on track, it's easy to make them succeed quicker. It's easy. They're going the right direction anyway. They just succeed faster. They, they progress to the next scene more easily. You, you make it be easier. If you do it one time to, to shave off 10 minutes, 15 minutes, you're going to be fine. If you have to do it twice to shave off a half hour, like you're, you're going to be a half hour over, well, then you should have started hurrying, hurry, giddy up them along a little earlier than now. Because you have to set the pace, you have to set the uh, the timetable 
because you know there's you had this amount of time. You you built this this system, so they should be here an hour in. They should be here three hours in. Get them, giddy up them to the next milestone that they have they should be on, and then back off. You don't want to railroad them through the whole time. You just want to push them to the to the marker they should be on, and then let go. So Most of them will get the hint that it's time to move forward. Quite a bit of dice fudging. Now, Max loves his dice fudging. If it's for the game, yes. if it's for the story, he loves to lie about dice rolls. Absolutely. I, I make no bones about that. Uh, no. Those guys, those guys uh, killed uh, the, the story I always tell is because it's the most prevalent one is uh, these guys rolled initiative and killed a horror in Earth on. And we're talking a straight up horror in Earth on in one round and first i was like no no nope. we were that, that good we were that prepared that good that lucky i mean one of you guys rolled like a 40 something to hit so i mean hey, yeah you know uh, luck is one of my skills all right that's yeah. all it so so uh in order to uh impress upon them the actual power of a horror i couldn't let the horror die now the flip side of that is i would never let a character die because that ah i still killed your character up no there was gonna be no character death they had won but I needed them to still feel the power of the horror. So they knew that no matter what they did, the horror was still going to fight back. But yeah, that that's uh, my favorite one to tell. I know what I forgot to mention is uh, talking about making characters. You said that you had characters already. Yes. Um, for me, it depends on the game. I'm sure for you it would as well. So for a game like Dungeons and Dragons, where people know it, or even Astonishing Swordsman, Sorcerer, Hyperborea, where it definitely is going to take some time to create the characters. Yes. Have have makes your characters ready. Talk about them real quickly and so forth. The Year Zero Engine games, for example, I would have them make the characters right then and there. One character creation is pretty quick. Uh, two, there's that relationship factor that's built into it, and I don't want to force a relationship upon a player that doesn't understand how to play it. So right then and there, uh, it can be handled pretty quickly. Uh, I think when I did it the last time, uh, it took a half hour for everybody to make characters, and we were starting the game. In fact, we kind of started some of the game even before before that point. So, and uh, as to answer whose question was that? Was that Shadzar's question? Um, Heathen Dog did, the, the, said it pretty much spot on. The other thing that I do is, ever with the exception of the quote unquote boss fight, because I want them to see that one fight, how hard it can be how deadly a game can be, and or how powerful characters can be, and the initial contact that gets them in the direction of going into the cave system, everything, I, I can remove every aspect of it. I can remove the, the bodies that are on the ground that they might want to investigate. I can remove the other encounter. I can remove the red herring room. Uh, every piece of it can be removed except for the initial encounter and the boss fight. Yes. I mean, everything can uh, all of you can you have to remove flavor but basically all the stuff is flavor there are no side missions there are no side quests there there is no you know uh save the princess before we we finish the game no there's none of that anyway because it's a one shot so you don't know right. that but everything here is, is flavor okay if you remove that it just narrows narrows the the bowling alley lane so then they just have to push on straight forward. All right. So that will speed up your game, but don't take everything away. Like I said, take away enough to speed them to the next waypoint. They should be on. If they're, if they're at three hours or you're coming up on three hours and you need them to be here at the three hour mark, 
remove all remove some flavor remove some time investigating bear up some rooms uh uh, leave leave clues in obvious places now to get the story moving until they reach the waypoint until they reach the spot they need to be and then back off and then go back to normal speed end of a cliffhanger what does that mean end of a cliffhanger yeah, but so Shadzar, you you say that like ha ha ha, you got us or whatever. So he says throw away the story and and the game plays faster. I don't like the faster game. I don't like one shots except for to learn how to play a system. I don't right. feel invested in the character. I don't feel invested in sitting at the table. I don't feel invested in anything other than learning. Is this a dice system that I want to play? That's why when I go to Gen Con, I usually play an Earth Dawn game simply because I used to like to promote it. Uh, and two. I usually play games I haven't played before or I haven't played in a long time because I need to see if this is a game I could enjoy. Other than that, I, there's nothing at the, there's nothing that interests me there. I need to have a character. I need to have a character that I can feel that I'm actually acting out as the character, that I'm getting rid of my mundane, normal, everyday life where I can't throw a fireball at somebody's face and I'm taking over that person. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, Ghost of uh, Ghost. Um, a cliffhanger, a dramatic ending that leads to the next story. But that's just it. This is a one shot. This is not going. This is in between campaigns of maybe even different systems. So this this may not lead to anything. I mean, I get what he what he's coming from, but yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to do that unless you're doing some sort of like adventure league play or something like that, which I can't stand. And no, I I I got it, I got it, Shadzar. But I don't care. I'm I, this is my show. I can tell you what I want. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, Sh- Shadzar. Shadzar loves <laughs> loves m- making fun that I don't like player agency, and I think story is is overall more important than the players getting what they want. It's true, but what the players want is a nice afternoon playing a game they may or may not know just one time for four to six hours. And as a game master, it's my job to. Make sure that happens. Real men play from eight to ten hours. I'm just saying. Shut up! It's one shot. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that's better. Uh, player agency is stupid. There are only two parts to player agency: play the game, the DM runs, or leave. Yeah, but you get a lot of people leaving. Like I said, giving people the illusion they're making choices. I've had to defend Heathen Dog on that you remark and a few yeah, a few you comments. Had, had to defend me because <laughs> I I do really well in making people believe they're they're making their own choices. They're 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 going this way because they they want to because they made the decision. Yeah, but in the YouTube comments, nobody's going to believe it when you say that. No, no, no one, no one believes it when I say <laughs> so, it. So 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 I so I have to be like, hey, I've played in his games. It's not as bad as you think. <laughs> uh. Straight in the tomb of horror for you. Yeah, drop straight in the tomb of horror. Yeah, okay, there you go. Or Temple of Elemental Evil. There you go. We're gonna do that as a one shot. No, oh nobody, nobody sleeps until it's over. No, yeah. Oh, we'll be here for 18 hours. 18 days. No, no, no. This, this is everyone's played it before, right? Even if you played it before, you're still gonna be playing it for 18 hours. <laughs> you know what? To, you know what to do. You know everything what to do. You're still gonna be playing for 18 hours. Hey, Krantz, was that supposed to be a Rick and Morty quote? You said I was a master manipulator. All right, anyway, let's go on. 
Uh, okay, um, anything else you guys have for Hidden Dog? We will save till segment three, and you can come in and you can talk to him directly. That's, uh, but uh, we're going to move on to the next part of still segment one, because we're still doing how-tos. So, uh, uh, Sinocephalus, if you're still watching, look, no more politics. Uh, are you ready for, uh, to talk about some creatures? Uh, give me, give me one minute. Okay, well, I'll get it prepared. So I have to do some screen sharing, and how do I want to do this this time? You know what? I'm just going to do it by... Let's do it by this. Let's do it by Chrome. Share. Boom. Uh, this is where you cut segment one and two. I see it's going to be three parts for YouTube. Because uh, I'm going to be talking about two creatures today. Because, you know, it's Halloween time. And uh, so we're going to talk about a couple of undead, and we're going to talk about a couple of undead that aren't used as often as, uh, as I think they could be. And we might talk, when Heathen Dog comes back, we'll talk about why they're not used so much. So, trying to see if there are any other... Uh... But he's just patiently waiting. I don't want to start until Heathen Dog comes back, because I want to see if he, uh, I've got a question for him with regard to this. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a strike for that, aren't I? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just uh, kind of piggyback when he's saying uh, the ask the question without heathen because the shadow knows. <laughs> yeah. Shadow surveys uh, the scene. Shadows. All right. <clears throat> All right, so we're gonna talk about uh, so in this part of segment one, we're gonna talk about two creatures. It's only gonna be one creature for the folks on YouTube, but uh, the second creature will be posted later. Uh, anyway, we're going to talk about two creatures uh, from 2nd edition AD&D. I'd say from AD&D, but people decided to get all particular about that. That's not really AD&D. Shut up. Yes, it is. Just because the Williamson or whatever the hell your goddamn name was was a bitch doesn't mean that it is an AD&D. Anyway, uh, so uh, uh, we're going to talk about the Shadow, and after this we're going to talk about the Banshee. Two of the kind, what I think, lesser used, and I don't understand why, but lesser used... Uh, undead creatures. I mean, it's October, so let's talk about undead, right? Sure. What are what are your experiences with uh, with the shadow? Um, every time that in in a in an AD and D uh, campaign setting that I've run into shadows, they're always like minion creatures of the big bad. You know, mm -hmm. they're always uh, um, out to to uh, take out an uh, an NPC. Uh, as as part to as part to move the plot forward, you know this this murder was done by a shadow. You you track the shadow back to where to where it came from, and you find some some high level lieutenant of the big bad, and you fight him to get more clues to get to the big bad. You know stuff like that. So they, I hate they, they I hate how like you've experienced a shadow. Yeah, they they weren't sent after us. They're always as plot devices. Yeah, which which that part doesn't bother me so much, but I. The way, you, the, and I got to be fair. The way you describe the shadow is the way I've encountered the shadow most of the time as well, and that drives me crazy because the shadow is such an awesome creature. In fact, I still struggle to this day as a game master, and I'm gonna talk about it in a moment on how to incorporate a shadow, not a shadow. First of all, you don't incorporate a shadow. That's that's silly. Um, 
how to incorporate shadows in the game because it has such a wide range of win versus loss. You'll see. There's just a big disparity in there that could kill a group. Uh, what level uh, were you when uh, when you encountered those shadows for the most part? I think we were all between five and seven. Wow. Okay. And one. Sh okay. Well, let's see how uh, see how this. Uh, Shows up here. So I'm kind of scripted in this one, not fully, but kind of scripted in this one. But uh, Heathen Dog and anybody else in chat, if you have anything to say, just jump on in. So uh, shadows are three-dimensional undead creatures. Yeah, I specifically put the word three-dimensional in there because I've literally seen people say, it's just a shadow on a wall. You hit it with your plus one weapon by smacking the wall. <sighs> shadows are three-dimensional undead creatures that exist mostly on the negative material plane. Only a small reflection, the shadow of the original human or demi-human, retains its tenuous existence on the prime material. So let's look at his stat blocks. Right off the bat, we have, uh, where do you find it? Any ruins or subterranean chambers. Now, does that mean they can't run through cities? No. But it means that they're probably not unless it's coming from the graveyard. Uh, frequency is rare. I th actually thought it was very rare. Maybe it's rare. I hope I didn't mistype that one. Well, we'll find out later because I have the uh, printout that we'll look at. Organization. Those exclamation points are there for a reason. Roving bands. Heathen dogs said it straight up. That's how I tend to encounter shadows as well, is one shadow. Oh, one shadow. No! They're dangerous. They come as roving bands. Why? Because they've created more shadows. You'll find them in night or darkness. Not 100% true, but that's pretty much when you're going to find them, because that's where they're going to want to be. They, uh, I wouldn't call it a diet of living beings, but, uh, sure, if you want to say that they eat you, whatever. Intelligence, low, five to seven, but remember, even though it's undead, it is not fully mindless, number one. In fact, it's got hatred and craziness because of being mostly tapped into the negative material plane. It's, uh, it's going to survive. It's not stupid. It's at least got survival instincts in it. Treasures F, don't care. And alignment is chaotic evil. Number appearing, 2 to 20, and this is where things start getting weird for the shadow. Imagine if you roll two shadows versus a, a group of uh, six adventurers versus rolling 20 shadows. You can see that there could be a problem there, right? Yeah. One, one is a fight, the other is a slaughter. Right. Uh, armor class 7? Movement 12. I mean, you can see it on the screen. I don't have to read all that. Uh, the point is, is, if you look at it, it's not the strongest creature out there. I mean, if you really think about it, average of 17 hit points, you know. So the first thing I want to focus on is the number of shadows encountered, as we mentioned. For me, the shadow is one of those creatures that, if played by the book, will either win every time versus a low-level party, or is quite trivial versus a high-level party. I mean, look, at it does D4 plus 1 damage. It's got a Thaco 17. It only has one attack. I mean, it's not the strongest creature out there. The trick with using shadows effectively is to use them as malevolently as you can versus mid-level characters. So when I say mid-level characters, I'm talking like Heathen Dog did, you know, 4 to 6, 5 to 7 in that area. I consider pretty much anything above level 12 to be high level. So when, when they're in the mid-levels there, that's when, the sh when a group of shadows can be quite dangerous so based on the monsters compendium the average number of shadows the group will encounter is 11 2d20 average is 11 that's 11 strength draining 90 percent undetectable creatures 
Ethan Dog. You're walking through your, your catacombs or your dungeon or your ruins, checking it out. And you're level six-ish, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, there are 11 shadows that you can't see floating around you, ready to strike. That's effectively two per character in the group. Yeah, there's only, there's only one answer for that. You and run. that is? You run away! <laughs> if you know they're there. So even with their low thackos and low hit dice, the odds are at least one of these bad boys is going to hit. And I would tell you that shadows aren't so stupid as to just attack one, 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 one. No. They're going to find the weakest one, the one that they think that they could quickly, uh, most quickly turn into a shadow, probably your wizard, usually the weakest character, maybe the rogue, maybe the cleric, if, especially if they know it's a cleric and think it can turn, although they are crazed. That's the one thing I will say about them. They are crazed, so they might not think that deeply about it, but they'll certainly know the difference between the plate mail wearing paladin slash knight slash warrior versus the wizard wearing a dress. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so they, they will probably harry this guy with, with six on him, and all of yeah. them get, get an attack, and he gets a he gets the harried modifier, so he's a his armor class is is plus two, and right he's getting hit a lot, and he's getting strength drained, and uh, that that is a save, right? Is that automatic or is that a save? We'll we'll get to that. Okay, I, I do talk about that. So um, let, let let me go through the stats here. Uh, continue to go through the stats. So we have a uh, it does only a d four plus one. But it's special is a strength drain, as we talked about. It's one point of strength drain damage. It requires a plus one or better weapon to hit. And it does have magical resistances, but most undead do. That's not yeah. a big deal. Charm, mind control, whatever, yeah. Yep. And morale is special, but that's because it's crazed. All right. So I'm going to put this up, because this is kind of what we're going to be talking about. I'm going to leave that on the screen. Uh, so shadows only have two weaknesses outside of their control. The first is light. Bright light of continual light strength or better negates the 90% undetectability. The caveat to this is that shadows tend to exist in ruins, graveyards, dungeons. Think of a sundial for a moment. Even in bright light, it forms a shadow. Now consider the broken remains of a ruined castle or catacombs. The number of natural shadows will provide plenty of opportunities for the undead shadow to retreat or hide if necessary. Yes, the enterprising group with enough torches, light scrolls, etc. can overcome this and effectively trap a shadow in the open. But it takes either planning or quick recognition of the threat. Something that usually isn't in play when shadows are encountered. And you're going to see this as a theme with the Banshee also when I talk about that later, is that preparing for these things kind of makes them easy. But if unprepared, if you are unsuspecting, again, 11 shadows, you got two people carrying torches, maybe we'll say you got the wizard with the, with the continual light staff or something, and that's it. Well, if you don't have another one hitting from another angle, at least this is how I play shadows, or for some reason the shadow's in an empty box of a room, it's going to find a place to hide. Now you're talking 11 of them. Could you avoid it? Sure. I see shadow there, there, and there. I can get out of the room by going this way. You can plan. You can think. The point that I'm making is you have to think about it. Shadows are devious. Additionally, a good DM can play off shadows as so many different things. Something like tricks of the light. Uh, They can resemble another creature. Like, oh, you think you saw a bat flying. 
just something that catches your attention that you might not instantly say, oh, that's a shadow. We need to do these things. Just for a second. Oh, uh, sorry. <laughs> my favorite thing. I put a note in here to say this. My favorite form of disinformation, especially in a dungeon, is to hint that it is some sort of slime or mold. Characters typically go close to investigate it. <laughs> so just for yeah. a second. What's that? You are, you're forcing someone to be the first person killed. You're, you're forcing, oh, I'll, I'll go in the basement and check the fuse box. Yes. Every horror but, movie. There, but there's always that one guy. There, but that's how a shadow works. Now, I'm not saying, no, no, no. Just to be clear, I don't say, oh, it looks like a mold. Or, oh, there's some moss growing on the wall. I don't lie to the characters. What I do is I just, I utilize the shadow aspect of it. It's like, oh, there's less light there. Typically, molds and so forth grow in less light. It might be something you want to be careful of, or you might want to investigate it. You know, whatever. Whatever happens to be what I'm thinking of at that time. But, but, I, but I don't express it in the manner of, oh, you see a weird-looking shadow hanging from the ceiling. No, no, no. I express it as something else that would be more apropos to the dungeon. And if the character's like, I shine a light on it. It shrinks back, or it shrinks back into a darker area. Okay, now you start to realize that it's probably not a mold. But the point is, like you said, Heathen Dog, if uh, you know if it's passed off as like it seems to be a darker blotch on the wall, uh, I, I get closer to investigate it. All right, roll initiative, roll surprise, roll. <laughs> Does that make more sense that way? Yeah. So just for a second, imagine you have a one undead shadow, just one. Haunting a site similar in nature to the terracotta warrior grave sites. Have you seen that? The Chinese warriors where there's yeah. like hundreds of them? Yeah. Imagine one shadow in there against a group of six adventurers, and that shadow is harassing them. Where couldn't it hide? I don't care how many light spells you have. It's going to be able to hide. Now, the second weakness outside of the shadow's own control is the cleric's ability to turn undead. Any adventure group of sufficient capability to com combat an average of 11 shadows will also include an adequately powered cleric. While difficult at a 10% chance, even a first level cleric has the potential to turn 2d6 shadows. Okay, uh, just so you know, the shadow turns as a 4 hit die creature. At level 7, the cleric automatically turns 2d6 shadows. At 9th level, automatically destroys 2d6 shadows. And at 12th level, automatically destroys 2d6 shadows and turns an additional 2d4 more. If we continue with the averages here, a 2d6 roll means 7 shadows are turned. Leaving 4 shadows to stalk and harass the adventurers. Let's look at the potential numeric disparity for a moment. This is what I was talking about earlier. Just going by the book, which a good DM knows he's well within his right to ignore if it suits his game, there is a huge and deadly potential disparity in the outcomes of these rolls. Let's not even talk about if a DM rolls 2 or 20 shadows. Let's just look at the average of 11 versus turning results, okay? 11 shadows versus 6 adventurers, and the cleric fails to turn. There are 11 shadows that are coming after your group. 11 shadows versus 6 adventures, and the cleric turns two of them, the lowest roll possible, on a successful turn. There are still 9 coming after you. Six, uh, 11 shadows versus 6 adventures turns the average 7. Uh, again, you've got 5 shadows that are still going after the group. And lastly, of course, now, if the cleric gets really lucky, 11 shadows versus that uh, 2d6 roll of 12, well, all the shadows are gone. 
But look at that difference between, let's just say the turning works, between having nine shadows and zero shadows. Still have their abilities. That's a lot of reliance on one class and luck. All right. So let's look at the shadows combat ability. In terms of base capability, shadows are not that formidable. Let me scroll back to this. We can look at these numbers again. They fight like three hit die creatures that don't wear armor, only have one attack, and do minimal damage. I mean, it's just a d4 plus one, right? If these were orcs, skeletons, or beetles, I would say, bad dice aside, a group of fourth to sixth level characters should uh, typically win this fight. Would you agree? Yeah, 99 times out of 10, yeah. Being an undead creature from the negative energy plane, shadows do have some immunities. However, immunities? Wow, immunities. <laughs> However, I don't really consider them to be all that great. Helpful, sure, but not something that would really concern me as a player unless I was some sort of niche build. The first immunity is due to mundane weapons. In order to strike a shadow, you will need a weapon of plus one or better. As stingy as I am in giving up magic items, even I believe that most party members will have a plus one weapon by level five. Now, uh, games that I've been in probably be plus two, plus three by then. But in my games, most of the characters are going to have a plus one by level five. So this really isn't much of a drawback. Secondly, the shadow's immunity to sleep, charm, hold, and cold spells isn't something that should punish most adventure parties. In fact, if you even for... Uh, sorry... If you, even for a second, thought that you could cast a sleep spell on an undead, probably in the wrong line of work, the staples of magic missile, burning hands, and fireball, among, yes, the other ones, work as advertised, so most parties should be able to inflict damage upon these undead. However, the base combat ability belies the shadow's true combat prowess. First, as stated previously, they come in numbers and are 90% undetectable outside of bright light. So I hope you have that blind fighting proficiency. And don't think for a second the shadow isn't going to attack your rear flank from above, as Heathen Dog said earlier, parry you, etc. Secondly, it's a shadow. Effectively a two-dimensional creature. Yes, I said 3D earlier, but hear me out. Unless you find a way to seal off an area, it can slide under typical doors, slide up a wall, and generally continue to harass you wherever there's a shadow for it to hide in that isn't bright light. Thirdly, while a shadow may do little damage, d4 plus 1, with a single attack, if, it's, if it hits, it also drains one point of strength from the character, and to answer Heathen Dog's question, no save. If the character dies to the shadow, either through reaching zero hit points or by being taken down to zero strength, the character's essence is shifted to the negative material plane and the character becomes a shadow. So now you have another one to fight. As players, if you encounter even one shadow and the DM is worth his salt, I would leave, prepare, and come back. Didn't you say that earlier? It's time to get out of there? Yeah. Time On the other hand, Sorry, what was that? Time to run. Exactly. On the other hand, a little foreknowledge to negate its strengths, and it's actually a pretty weak combatant. One last piece of good news for the players. Shadows rarely leave their local area. 
This could be a graveyard site, a particular room within a catacomb, the ruins of a fort, portion of a dungeon, etc. A fleeing party may have to run a ways, but it certainly won't pursue you back to town, so don't be afraid to run away. Alright, so what are the comments on this one? Stop sharing for just a moment. What do people have to say about this? Uh, Krantz is like, how, how many times does your group play without a cleric? I've, I've, I've never had a, a long campaign group without a cleric. Ever. Right. Um, how many, but uh, I've had clerics play evil clerics, or players play evil clerics. Oh, well or, then, you know, that's just as good. It can be, yes. Um, well, in this instance, to... it's just as good because instead of turning them, you're actually enslaving them. You still, uh, I think uh, you still turn until you get to the automatic, then you get to make the choice, if I remember correctly, but I forget. E oh. Either way. Uh, uh, having either way, same, same difference. Right. Um, true. But again, you look at the numbers, let's say you roll 16 shadows. You can only turn a maximum of 12, and that's with a great roll. You roll that 7, you still have 9 shadows to worry about, and if the, if the DM is using the shadows properly, look, the players are going to cry, and the reason they're going to cry is not because they lose their agency. They're going to cry because most of them, and myself included, Heathen Dog just mentioned a moment ago, are dealing with people who run shadows. It's just like, yeah, yeah, it's a shadow. It's got this. Okay, roll to hit. Yeah, no, no. It, uh, my shadows were played more like plot devices. You know, you weren't meant to fight them. They, they were meant as a clue to lead you to where you had to go next. You know, they were, supposed, they were killing NPCs for some other nefarious purpose. What's the purpose? And then you go and find the, the, the shadow controller has a plan or whatever. And, you know, stuff like that. Sure. We, I, I never ran into them the way, the way they were written up to be. Understood. Yeah. Uh, the way they're written up to be, they can both be horribly dangerous and eh, not so bad. <laughs> so, uh, and that's the point that I kind of want to make with them. I will tell you that I do struggle as a, as a dungeon master with shadows because that fight can go south quickly i i'm not so horrified if they destroy the shadows because uh usually like heathen dog even said i wouldn't say they're plot devices but there's usually more after them it's either part of a catacombs or or something else but if used like this and they don't get good rolls you know how players are they're like well i'm gonna i gotta stay and fight they don't think about running away a lot of times when <laughs> they should so, uh, stop rolling for shadows and dungeons. Yeah, uh, he, Sh Shadzar, Shadzar got up, got upset when you spoke about a dungeon and rolling for number appearing. If it's a dungeon, you should know how many are in there. You should know exactly how many are in there. You, you, you mm -hmm. place exactly the amount you think that the party can handle, but not not easily or or not without sure. great complication. But in a forest, in a graveyard, or whatever, that's when he he agrees that you should roll for number of appearing. I sometimes roll. I, I can't say I have or have not done this with a shadow because I don't know. But I will sometimes, I will know what's in the room, but I'll still roll uh, for a couple reasons. Number one, gives me some surprise too. Plus, people like to roll dice. Uh, two, it also helps me determine, okay, where's the party right now? Did I just beat the crap out of them in the last fight? Did they just pick something up that's good? Uh... Especially with something like a shadow where I can actually fudge it if I really needed to. I could have the, them see, it's got a 90% chance of not being seen. Let's say they see one or two of them. Maybe originally I only had one or two in the room. I want them to still have this fight. So the cleric turns, uh, rolls, uh, rolls a five. 
I will now say that there were seven in there, so they still have two to fight. Yeah, it's a dick move, but I want them to still fight it. Again, I will not kill a player doing that, but uh, there are reasons why I could see rolling randomly. Uh, I understand what you're saying in terms of you should know what's going in. I, I agree with that probably 80% of the time, but I do like random elements as well. As the game master. Sometimes you roll randomly, and the characters were meant to run. Okay. Choose not to. I hope it's just me, but you you were cutting in and out a lot there. Uh oh. Let's see if anybody else says anything. Who has blood in survival guide? Uh, why is so good? These things more. I actually did not watch his video on the wilderness survival guide yet. Oh, I did cut oh, out. Chef there. also heard it. Okay, yeah, you, okay. you cut out there during your, at the end of your explanation. Apparently, nobody needed to hear what I had to say. So. I blame my wife and internet usage. There we go. Why are you allowing her on the internet when you're streaming anyway? I don't know. I don't know either. You need to put a leash on that girl. I ah. will. All right. Uh, anything else that people want to ask with regard to the shadow? Did I miss any chat? Hopefully you were looking at it. Okay. Going to move on now. And now we're going to talk about another one that can be a little difficult. Uh, actually, this is one I find difficult myself. I'm going to be open about that. I don't find the shadows so difficult, other than the fact that dice rolls can go crazy. This one I actually find difficult, but it is one I like. It is the Groaning Spirit or the Banshee. By the way, I haven't seen this in a while, so I'm going to do it. There you go. Don't forget to subscribe. If you like Banshees, be sure to subscribe. So, same as before, I'm going to give a little preface here and uh, we'll look at the stats and whatnot. To me, I'm, this one we're going to talk about a little bit differently. Groaning Spirits, to me, are a story-driven undead. What I mean by that is a Banshee should never appear as a random encounter and shouldn't just be something the PCs kill and move on. On the story side, Banshees are tragic tales, and the discovery or understanding of this tale should be paramount. Or you've really wasted an interesting undead. On the mechanic side, it's actually easier to avoid a Banshee than to confront it. Without a hook or reason, PCs would be wise just to leave a Banshee alone to her internal seething. So, we look over at the stat box here we see that uh it can be found in any terrain very rare for necessity reason we'll talk about that in a moment organization solitary activity cycle night again undead it exists day and night but that's when it uh it will attack any diet is nil apparently where shadows want to eat living things <laughs> actually they just want to bring it to the negative material plane um these things uh, they don't have a, they don't have hunger Intelligence is exceptional, and this is something to remember as we go forward. It's got a 15 to 16 intelligence. I, if I remember correctly, D&D says that's like a 150 to 160 IQ. Treasure D, alignment chaotic. Number appearing 1, we already said that. Armor class 0, movement 15. It's faster than you. Hit dice 7, so that's an average of 32 hit points. It could have more, it could have less. Daku is 13. Number of attacks is just one, so another undead that doesn't really have a lot of combat prowess. Damage per attack is a d8, 
But again, if you consider it's Thacko and Hit Dice and so forth, I mean, that's still pretty low. Yeah. Does have the special attack of Death Whale. Uh, actually, also has a fear attack. I don't know why that's not written, or not attack, but there, there's a fear component to this as well. Uh, requires a plus one or better weapon to hit, and is 50% magic resistant. That's a big one. The, uh, with, the, uh, with the armor class zero and the 50% magic resistance and the magic weapon needed to hit, it's got some staying power, if not some damaging power. Right. Apparently, I'm having mic issues again. Yes. Hmm. I don't know why that is. Nothing changed here. That's plugged in. Plugged in. I have everything connected to one piece. That's why I checked my headset. That's plugged in. That's plugged in. We'll go on here. If it's a bad video, well, I guess it just doesn't hit YouTube then. Um, if you simply as a stat block, the Banshee is kind of underwhelming. Now, just discuss the magic resistance and so forth, but I'll have some commentary on that in a little bit. But if used properly and with a little thought, this creature is no joke. For the same reasons that Eden Dog just mentioned a little bit ago. While it may be a solitary undead, she is quite intelligent and filled with hate. Why do I call her she there? She'd be called an it. This yeah, company... Like a girl. Well, it's... Uh, and I'll get to that in a second as well. Yeah, she it, identifies as a female groaning spirit. Well, yeah, she has to. And, and I'll get to that in a moment. But still, it's an it. Once, once you're dead and become undead, you're an it. You're not a she. Ah. <laughs> this combination in the hands of a thoughtful and devious DM can spell the doom of any adventure party. So uh, we're going to move forward to this. So let's look at some of the text. I didn't bring up the text for the shadow last time around. I could bring it up for this one as well, and maybe I'll do that in a moment. But for now, I quoted this. The groaning spirit, or banshee, is the spirit of an evil female elf. A very rare thing indeed. That's exactly what Shad's are said. So why is this very rare? Because it's an evil female elf. And unlike you 5th edition morons, elves aren't evil. If one falls, that's a dark elf. That's a drought. No, drought are dark elves. Dark elves are not necessarily drought. There's very, very, very rarely an evil elf. And the reason for that is because of biological essentialism. I'm using all these little trigger words to piss you guys off. Because, yes... These are species, and the species is inherently good. If one goes south, goes evil, that is, that, that's something to behold. And yes. that's why dark elves are so rare. Now, doing the heathen dog now thing. Uh, groaning spirits hate the living and find the presence of the living painful. They seek to harm the living whenever they meet. That's unfortunate. Yes. A banshee can sense the presence of living creatures up to five miles away. On the flip side, an adventuring party is going to take notice of the change in terrain as it degenerates from a lush forest to a decaying, gray, and dead landscape. Huh. It was just all wonderful a moment ago. Now it's... So uh, who, let, who let go of all the Agent Orange, huh? Right? Oh, look, there's a building in the middle, a, ru a, a rundown ruin. Should we go check it out? No, I'm good. The answer. <laughs> okay. Um, well, the Banshee doesn't sleep. She'll wait until nighttime to attack. This is when most adventure parties are out of their armor and huddled around a campfire. 
has to do is enter the middle of that camp and let loose with her keen. And that could spell doom for most, if not all, party members. Let loose with her what now? Her key, her banshee whale. There you go. Also called a keen. Okay, well, yeah, you're cutting out again. Oh, dang it. Uh, that, that is weird. I mean, I haven't touched anything here, and I was good for the beginning part of this. So. Yeah, there's nothing to do but push through. Immediately upon witnessing the Banshee, the, PC, the PCs have to roll a save versus spell or suffer the effects of fear. Once within their midst, she will unleash her whale. Now all PCs within 30 feet of her must save versus death magic or die. Dunzo. The text reads that she'll continue to do this each night until, a until all the characters die or leave. But I believe a hateful undead with an intelligence of 15 to 16 will not be content with just a scream and a hope. As long as she has the advantage, she is going to attack any PCs who remain, especially those fumbling to cast spells or put on armor. She's intelligent enough to recognize the most dangerous characters and the easiest targets, and will react accordingly. If immediate retreat is the best option, she will do so. If she can take advantage of the chaos, she will do that instead. She'll leave combat once she's either harmed or no longer feels she has the advantage. This all assumes the PCs were not prepared for the Banshee, either due to it being a random encounter, bad DM or a surprise encounter, such as exploring an uncharted area, or caught unawares for some other reason. Chances are, any group of appropriate level won't be caught so unprepared. I mean, let's, let's be fair about this. We're talking like 9th, 10th, 11th level characters, probably, maybe 7th, but you're probably somewhat experienced enough where you just don't set up camp and everybody go to sleep at the same time with nobody looking out, right? And through research preparation or otherwise provided information they may even know exactly what they're getting into hey uh there's some weird shenanigans going out in, in that area over there animals are dying people are dying trees are fading this is weird can you go check it out and if you know in in the modern version of DD, i roll an investigation check in the real DD. uh before we go there we're going to do some research on what could cause this and they come to find out out of many things, but one of the things it could be is a banshee. Let's prepare for a banshee. At this point, outside of bad dice rolls, banshee loses some of her luster. While the fear effect and the keen are powerful, she has few other abilities to make her a true threat to an organized group. By the time an adventure party encounters a banshee, the necessity for a plus one weapon to hit is a joke. And chances are the group has encountered enough undead in the past to find the immunity to charm, sleep, hold, cold, and electricity to simply be standard fare. Her 50% magic resistance is formidable, but the odds are 7th level wizards and clerics, especially those with a couple of scrolls, are going to still be successful in harming the Banshee if there's another character to intercede to allow them to cast. A Banshee is turned as a special undead. That's, that's that really last, that's that last row, the hard one. But this is negated by the fact that dispel evil instantly kills her. Yes, that requires a ninth level cleric or the use of scrolls. But 
it's not unheard of. I mean, Dispel Evil is actually a pretty common spell anytime I've played. Yeah. And if the group is prepared, guess what they're going to come with? Dispel Lots Evil. Of scrolls. A- and Dispel Evil. Yeah. That's what I mean. So, scrolls with Dispel Evil on them. Right? In case the spell Everyone's doesn't work. Everyone's got one. It's, it's like, it's like, a, it's like a, um, uh, what's her name? Giving out cars. <laughs> Here's a Dispel Evil. There's a Dispel Evil. Exactly. We all have Dispel Evil. So in fact, a Banshee can be easily defeated by a prepared party. However, a good DM won't allow the Banshee to be alone with her curse. If she retreats back to her lair, the PC should have other undead to contend with, such as those shadows we talked about previously. Yeah, it says that she hates living things, but yes. she may surround herself with undead as company. I mean, she's intelligent. She she would need some kind of company. Maybe maybe uh, zombies and shadows and skeletons and whatever are enough for her. And and if you notice in the write up, I, I should pull up the write up here. Let me let me do that. I have it here. I actually have it prepared. I had the shadow prepared as well. Hey, check uh, this out. Look on stream. Uh, the sign of the stream has more viewers than Jeff Grubb Tui fame currently. Wow. Well, I don't, uh, I know the name Jeff Grubb because he did second edition, but I don't yeah. know his proclivity, so I won't say yay, nay, or otherwise, but thank you everybody who is here right now. Absolutely do appreciate that. Um, you're going to, you're going to say that's the wrong one. Shut up. I'm going to start with the shadow. So, um, I know we're uh, talking about the Banshee now, there you go. uh, but, uh, we're going to talk about the shadow or look through it real quickly. And okay. That's quickly enough. Now let's talk about the Banshee. Because oh, wait, this wait. is actually Sheriff uh, has a question on the Banshee. Yes, the Banshee can be primary enemy in a story. I think it makes a really good one. Just yeah. understand that once that uh, boss fight comes, a prepared party really won't have too much trouble with the Banshee. No. An unprepared party is dead. Yes, and, and any any intelligent undead is usually a good end boss for for a, a story. Yes. Uh, who hates living things? Max is a necromancer. Well, I, I do like undead. Yes, that is absolutely true. And I do like playing necromancers. Uh, I'm doing this more because it's October. And, uh, you know, got to think Halloween, right? Also, uh, these were, when I looked through the book, I was going to do some mundane. I think I had the cave fisher, the, the, the catabola pause, whatever the heck that thing's called, um, and so forth. But I was like, wait a minute. Talk about some undead that I like to use in my games. Uh, but either struggle with or find that people don't use them correctly. So that's that's and the shadow is the big one for me. I love the shadow. It is actually one of my favorite undead to put against parties. Um, maybe to the point of it becomes boring for some of my groups. Well, old groups I haven't run D and D in a long time, just because they come to expect it. Because I love utilizing it so much because they're so devious and what they do to characters. If I get you down to zero strength or zero hit points, you're done. Um, the banshee. Uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing here, but it says our formidable opponents, uh, the mere sight of one causes fear unless a successful saving throw versus spell is rolled. We talked about this already, but those who fail must flee in terror for 10 rounds and are 50% likely to drop any items they're carrying in their hands. And they're the lucky ones. Yeah. Because what comes next sucks a lot worse than like pee in your pants. Yes. A groaning spirit's most dreaded weapon is its whale or keen. 
Any creature within 30 feet of a groaning spirit when she keens must roll a save, saving throw versus death magic. Those who fail die immediately, their face contorted in horror. Fun times. Fortunately, they can only do it once a day. But again, she, you know, a D8 damage isn't a lot, but I could see her, you know, claw, 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 claw at a, uh, at a wizard for, uh, well, other people trying to get their armor on and so forth. And then, you know, if it realizes, you know, if this is five versus one, I, you know, the fear didn't work so well. This is five versus one. I'm out. It'll just float away. It moves faster than you. It's got a movement rate of 15. Bye. Yeah, it's going to get away. So, um, Karen's banshees are wherever they settle. They will go without discretion, pleasure, separation, misery, the cause. <laughs> well, I mean, you call it, yeah, a blight upon wherever they set, uh, settle. They kill without discretion, and their only pleasure is the misfortune and misery of others. In addition to slaying both man and beast, by the way, man means man or woman. We didn't put our disclaimer up yet, though. A groaning spirit's keen has a powerful effect upon vegetation. Flowers and delicate plants wither and die, and trees grow twisted. Remember what I said before about the desolate yep. lands and so forth? So, yeah. Um, this is a story hook uh, uh, creature. I would not randomly put a banshee out there, and, and I'm hesitating because, you know, I like to find rationale for anything. I cannot find a rationale to randomly just have a banshee floating around. Yeah, I mean, uh, they, they, they seem like they would be territorial. Because they they hate living things, so they're not gonna they're not gonna move around. They're gonna find a spot, kill all the living things, and stay there because they hate living things. It's painful to them. Mm -hmm. So they're gonna protect their territory and not move on from it. Usually in the folklore in the area, there is going to be uh, something about an evil uh, or, or an elf maiden being murdered or hung or killed or died or whatever in the local folklore, and then you're gonna have the the rotted the rotted vegetation you're going to have dead animals lying around you're going to have a whole lot of clues that will build up to the answer of banshee you're going to have a whole lot of clues if you ignore them well you you rolls your dice literally and takes your chances <laughs> because you could just die yep that's great but yes this is a really good build up to a side story in your campaign this is a really good side story in a, it could, a it could even be a good mid-level boss fight if you want to call it. you know uh, uh you know i like to break up my campaigns into the umbrella the little mini umbrellas and so forth so i could see you know as part of say the the mid-level tier of the entirety of the campaign this being the boss fight getting to this point yeah uh three or four you, session arc Yes, and you can't trivialize this. You can't just be like, no. oh, this is just one adventure. You cannot, well, you can, I suppose, but you should not do Heathen Dogs one shot. With something with like banshee. a Banshee, yes. Because there's too much story that you should have with the Banshee. Why is this a Banshee? How, first of all, how is it an evil elf? Because again, to all you little 5th edition nerds out there, no, elves are not evil. You should not be able to make an evil elf. That's just, that's paradoxical. It just doesn't exist. So how did this thing turn evil? And now, what do we do about it? Those are the things that you should find out. And it should be a story. Uh, it should be a sob story, kind of like the Lord Saw thing. If you remember, he has multiple banshees around him. That's got to be fun times. Uh, yeah. But but the fall instead of the fall of Lord Soth, it'd be the fall of this banshee. And you'd want to find out more about that. Maybe treat it like a ghost and put it at peace. Maybe just destroy the damn thing because it's, you know, people want to move farmland out here or something. I don't know. But anyway. 
Um, so there's one thing. There really isn't much I want to say about the shadow, except for this isn't going to hit YouTube, obviously, or if it does, it's going to be in the Banshee section. But if you want to go back and watch a shadow video, I have one comment to make about it. Um, it's how to, uh, it's this one down here. According to most knowledge with sages, shadows appear to have been magically created. All right. So, and they can no longer resist, either through consciousness or physical prowess. The curse is activated and the majority of the character's essence shift to negative material plane, which I already said. Now, attempts to remove the curse from captured shadows have all failed. A limited wish spell provides only partially successful, sorry, provide, proved, jeez, can't read, only partially successful as the victim returned for an hour but remained insane. Oops. It's been speculated a full wish, followed by a heal spell, might be capable of restoring a shadow to his former state. But again, must be emphasized that this is only a theory. This is kind of an out for, you know, a game master who wants to get a character back in the game. But then again, if you can cast wish spells, I don't think you're going to be dealing with shadows. Yeah, yeah. Shadows are not your problem. So, uh, so the, but, and as we said before, rarely leave their lair and so forth. Um, the original body of a victim is destroyed when changed into a shadow, whether by the curse itself or by unprotected exposure to the negative material plane. In any case, killing a shadow is merely a case of severing the bond between the prime material and negative material forms. So when a character gets turned into a shadow, you are not looting its corpse. Doesn't have one. It's gone. And I've had many an argument about this. All right, let's stop sharing. that. So that's, uh, that's segment one for me. I, what, what have I missed in chat? Anything good? Well, there was one that Ravensler said, uh, an elven maiden was despoiled by orcish raiders whose death goes unsolved. That's close, but a banshee has to be an evil yep. elven maiden. Which now, if means, you say that, that caused her to fall and turn yes, evil... That's what I mean. Yeah, the, the, the elven maiden despoiled by orcish raiders, I'm sure you mean physically and psychologically, she became evil through insanity and then somehow died probably in another horrific way, and then became a Banshee. Yes, that would be perfect. Oh, uh, did you see the quotes from Charlotte Williams uh, on YouTube side? Um, yes. Okay. Do the Beholder. Actually, Heathen Dog's got the, holder, or the Beholder on his list. I, I, gave, him the, I gave him that one because it's tougher. I wanted to be lazy. That's <laughs> great. So the problem with the Beholder is... There, we can we both about the beholder it? before though. I thought we did. Like no, no, the, the, the beholder's lair isn't going to have any chairs in it. Don't be stupid. It's going to have art. It's going to have uh, no. Nope, we didn't talk about that. Rather than gold and weapons, because it's got eyes. It wants pretty things to look at. Apparently, you've already planned for this segment, but uh, no, we didn't I do. I, it. I thought I said it. I thought I did already. No, nope. I, thought I um, did beholder. The thing about things like the beholder, and also why I'm cautious about staying away from stuff like dragons and so forth is there are so many different ways to do it. I don't mean that a red dragon could be good. What I mean is, the spell list of a red dragon, I might choose one sort of spell list, he might choose another one. Beholders, well, well they do have the same eye stocks in theory. Yes, I, I mean, a game, good game master, a good DM could change the eye stocks up if, you know, really wanted to. But um, I might use it differently than him because it's got so many varied abilities and so many varied ways of being put into either a dungeon or roaming or so forth. So I want Heathen's do Ethan Dog's take on this one. Uh, and maybe I'll do a counter one in the future or something. But I, I mean, I don't want to argue with him on it. That's first of all. But 
I'm trying to pick creatures that are a little bit simpler, better, a little bit better for a YouTube video and things where, you know, the comment section is going to be like, well, actually I do it this route or I do it that route. And it's all viable because the entire video you have to say, well, you could do it differently, but this is how I did it. Or this is how I did this time. Or it's a seven hour long video for all the different variations of a beholder. You you see what I'm saying? So the beholder is a tough one. Charlotte, Charlotte. When you bring up fifth edition on this channel, you lose credibility. (laughs) <laughs> right, but fifth edition does it this way. Yeah, well, we have a you know. pet goldfish. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That. <laughs> so, okay, yeah, I'm not showing that anymore. All right. Um, do you have anything for segment two? Um, no. Haunt should also. I did consider the haunt, the haunt, and the hecava. I considered those. Oh, you, you know, Charlotte, you're good. You're absolutely okay. Um, okay, well, uh, let's uh, go ahead and tell people to subscribe. Boom. Yay. And then that will segue into this other little image we have here for segment two. And what else do we have to say with segment two? Throw it up. Disclaimer. You want to read it or you want me to? You go ahead. All right. Let me put this back up in the center of my screen here so I can see it. All comments on this stream belong to the individual commenter and do not represent the entirety, the vast, the world-expanding representation of the Legion Myth organization. Hyperbole, satire stereotypes, generalizations, and as I was told by the board game captain, assumptions are often and intentionally used for simplicity and or effect. He, him, and his, as Grimm reminded us last week, have long been considered neutered pronouns, and are not meant to exclude any gender. This content is not meant for children under the age of 13. Today, I'm not so sure, but we'll still go with that because, you know, I'm going to say poo-poo face words. All right, I'm going to say that uh, Charlotte Ravenslayer, uh, he was being, he, he, was, he was trying to be funny with this one. He doesn't mean anything against you. This is not a personal attack. Please don't okay. take it. Oh, you put it on the screen. <laughs> That's just kind of the natural reaction of hearing Watsy D and D. It's a it's a knee jerk reaction. Nothing personal against you or or the games you play. It was just. Charlotte's that. tried to be on our show a couple of times. Remember when we were talking earlier about yeah. people that she's tried to be on. So I mean, hey, we we like Charlotte. All right, I'm going to share my screen again because I can, um, and I'm just going to start with that. Hey, check this out. Guess who was on the show last week? Yay. I just want to remind everybody that uh, I don't have the actual blog page up, but uh, Grim still has his giveaway going on. So if you go to his uh, website, which is not this one here, uh, I don't have that one ready to go. I think it's, uh, you know what? Why be a dick about it? Post? It's, Word, it's a WordPress site. Uh, that's not it. Post. There it is. Copy that and put it over here. Boom, 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 boom. There you go. If you go to Postmortem Studios. Whoa! Hey, look at that. RPG design from start to finish. Uh, I might have to buy that. Video course. For $19.99. Wow, he's British and he put it in dollars. That's nice. Oh, man, you mean instead of doing my segment one, I could have had people pay for it? Damn it! I, I know, right? See? Uh, but Postmortem Studios October giveaway. So uh, remember, he's got that going on. Look at all these things. Canadian stickers, a deck of cards, spooky dice, uh, a PU leather rolling tray, a PU. Uh, you know, anytime something says PU, it's a wife beater. There you go. That's what I want. Anyway, so uh, card game, 
Autopsy Magazine, et cetera, et cetera. You can read the rest of that there. But if you check that out from Postmortem Studios, that's postmortemstudios.wordpress.com. He says he's not good at shelling his stuff, so we'll shill a little bit for him there again. He was a good and, guest. And uh, this, this doesn't come with the giveaway, but if you want to really, really piss off your girlfriend or wife, you you uh, go to Home Depot, build yourself a box with a glass in it, and and have, have etched on it. In, in case of, of female nonsense, break glass. Put the wife beater inside. <laughs> there you go. I did not see that coming. That's okay. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's go back to. So again, you know, we talked about some of his games last week. Remember, we reviewed Blood, which should be under role playing games. There it is. There's Blood, and I think I don't. I'm sure he didn't get it yet because it's being shipped. But uh, Sheris won a copy of Blood, so talked yeah. quite a bit about Tales of Gore. I actually, when when I rewatched the video, I thought that was a pretty interesting conversation. Mm-hmm. So. And you can check out all his other products here. Yeah, he either made these games himself or he reached out to an original developer and created revisions yep. for games that he really liked. So, you know, it's it, it's a good way to go. Got some board games. Anywho, you can check that out at post-tacmort. Tac means hyphen in IT language. So post-tacmort.com. All right. So uh, now let's go to do, 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 do. let's see what else is out there in the world. Pre-purchase Coriolis, but Max, you've already talked about Coriolis. It's not a new game, correct? But part two, okay. I hate this website. Stupid reflexive crap for phones. See, look at that shit. I hate that. Just go where I want you to, not where you want to go. Anywho, the last is that Cyclade. Okay, anyway, uh, apparently I can't get the page where I want it to be. Thank you, Free League. You've, you've angered me. Um, let's see, a pre-purchase. I want to... Okay, so the mystery, Mercy of the Icons. I have read part one. I didn't do it on stream or anything like that, but I've read part one. It's freaking awesome. I don't know how to explain it any other way than to say it's a really good story i enjoyed reading i don't normally enjoy reading supplements i think that they're useful for information they can have some good parts to them don't get me wrong but i actually just enjoyed reading the supplement and the last cyclade is the uh second part to that i don't know if it's if they're gonna be three parts or not i can't remember if it's two or three parts i'll know when i read this but uh, if you want to check that out if you don't have coriolis i like it better than the alien rpg got to be upfront about that really yes you were very impressed with the alien rpg so no, yeah. the, my problem with the alien RPG has to do with some language used. Do you know what that means? And two, um, there's there's some good. Don't get me wrong. There are good aspects to the alien RPG in terms of uh, you can run the cinematic game versus mm-hmm. the campaign game. I thought that was awesome. Uh, in fact, the cinematic uh, game would be uh, very online with your or online on par with your uh, one shot mm-hmm. segment. But uh, and 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 it's more of a Cthulhu thing in that regard because you know. Burke didn't live, right? Yeah. I mean, and, and your character could be Burke from Aliens, and you have an objective, and your your goal isn't to survive the adventure, it's to complete your objective. Survival is just a bonus. So, you know, but then again, of course, a campaign then is more like a traditional setting where you want to live and blah, 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 right? Um, I like this because it feels more... God, I don't know how to explain it. It's a mix of so many things. Of course, it's considered Arabian Nights in Space, and anytime I've talked about Coriolis, I've said right out of the gate, I would remove the Arab portion of the game. Not because I don't like it, but because I couldn't do it properly. It's kind of like how Chinese is uh, integrated into Firefly. 
I yeah. couldn't do it properly, therefore I won't even try. Yeah, yeah, I, I do the same thing with uh, with Planescape. I take I take out the the Cockney British nonsense or everything and, Planescape because it's garbage. Well, I know, but if if I I have played Planescape before and I just take out the accents because I'm not doing that. Cher says, "How long have you been thinking of doing that wife beater bit?" <laughs> <laughs> I just thought of it right when it said wife beater. I'm like, "Ooh, good job!" Uh, I, but I, but anyway, I, I would remove the uh, the Arab aspect of it just because I don't want to insult. Remember, I lived in Kuwait for a year, and I, you know, I enjoyed my time there. With that in mind, it's got it's got some Star Wars and what I, it's a sci-fi game. Every game, but no, 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 it's kind of got the Force, more like the dark side of the Force. Um, it's actually called the dark between the stars. It's got, uh, you know, it's, you, you pray to the icons. So religion is important. That doesn't mean you have to be religious every day of your life going to, you know, church going religion, but it is something where you recognize that these powers exist. Why? Because one of them showed up, said, Hey buddy, you know, you guys are, uh, you're going to put me on your council. And they're like, say what? Oh, so, uh, yeah, that happened. Um, but, uh, and it gives you bonus your die rolls. And I definitely hear myself in the background. So the story, uh, it's, it's a darker take, you know, kind of aliens, a dark take as well uh, for obvious reasons. But instead of dealing with xenomorphs in this one, you're dealing with humanity. And uh, why is it called Third Horizon? I have a whole video on that. You can find that in our uh, Year Zero um, playlist. So, let's, uh, but if you want to check it out, I have already ordered my Cyclade bundle, pre-purchase only. Or you can just get the book. Part two. By the way, if you want, I can grab. Uh, let me. I want to show you the quality. You guys, a lot of you were here when I did the Vason thing. It's the same company that does Vason, but I want to show you the the Coriolis book. I'll be right back. Yay! Yeah, Krantz with the Burke. Uh, Charlotte says her problem with the Alien RPG for me is it's too little, too late. I've had tons of alternatives for ages. There were fan materials and. I was into AFMBE at the time. It's easy to make your own game. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, I when when I did my GURP segment, uh, there were so so many uh, things in uh, so so many comments in the in the comment section about you know how GURPS is is so great because it can literally be anything. And you're right. If there isn't a game out there of the thing you want to play, you GURP it. You GURP it, and you're done. And then they will eventually come out with a game, maybe like uh, like a, a lot of people gripped uh, Firefly. Until Firefly had its own game, which Until I hear Firefly was garbage, but game. but but the hardcore hardcore grippers were like, "Hey, eh, mine's better." Yeah, well, GURPS is a good system. Is, uh, GURPS is better, and you know, great. So I, I understand how you think it was too late if, if you just you know if you could just grip it and you did, you know, there you go. So I get it. I mean, I, I don't want to say I don't see the point to Alien RPG. First of all, from a corporate perspective, they couldn't go wrong with having that IP. I mean, let's be honest. Um, so I can't fault them there. They made it well. I think my only real problem with the Alien RPG, other than, again, some of the language use, is the fact that it's not different enough from this. It, it, well, there are no icons. There's no religion in there. It's not an Arab theme. Just the way the entire thing works with some of the darkness and it's, you know, this is not a happy game. It's not necessarily an evil game, a dark game, but it's not a happy game. So this is the first uh, the first book, not, not the main book, not, not the book to the game. 
Uh, this is Emissary Lost. This is the first uh, module, if you want to call it that, the setting books, of which the second one is, uh, is well, part two. And I'm just going to open up, I mean, it's got your typical free league, God damn, your free league art. It's got some decent pay, you know, it's, it's very decent quality work. I thoroughly enjoyed the story. And I do want to run this for, oh, my poor green screen. And I do want to run this for people at some point in the future. I really do. I, I couldn't do it today. I, I don't remember enough of it. But, uh... Well, plus you'd have to go back to the States, because everyone around you is either Pathfinder or 5 Edition. Uh, whatever. Yeah. They're all Roll20 right now, which is another thing I don't use. Um, this back up. So, look, I can't say enough good things about Coriolis. I just... I'm not saying it's for everybody. It was definitely for me. If you're not sure, go check in my Year Zero Engine playlist uh, folder, and you can see uh, what I thought about it, what I talked about it there. So, some of them are integrated even in with the other games as well, because I talk about a bunch of the Free League games. The only Free League game that I just... Look, I, it's not that I dislike it. I got some crap on this when I said this before, but I'm just not interested in Tales from the Loop. If you guys watch that Amazon Prime series, well, there's a, there's a role-playing game. Actually, the role-playing game came out first, which is based on the artwork of, of the guy. I forget his name, but really good art. Don't get me wrong. But that all, it went artwork first, game second, and then uh, TV show third. And somebody's like, you missed this, you missed it. Talking just those three things. So if you like that series, there's a game for it. Uh, the second version of the game is called It Came From The Flood. That's not my thing. Kids on bikes solving stuff is just not my thing. I mean, I got yelled at for saying it, but I just feel it's Stranger Things, you know, the, the role-playing game. So, hey, but check it out. It might be for you. It's just not for me. Other than that, I have the Year Zero games. I have, let's see, what is he? Forbidden Lands, Basin, all the Year Zero ones, uh, Alien. What's that? Oh, and I have Simba Room also, which is a whole different system. So, and Coriolis, of course. So, check it out. What's based on the book? What? Miss, we... Miss Peregrine's Home for Extraordinary Children. I actually, I saw that movie. That's that's not what uh, Tales from the Loop is based on. Tales from the Loop is based on the art book by... You could uh, be I... talking about something else. Oh, okay. Uh, all right. So, are we good with this? Are, are we happy? You want to see it in Swedish? No, we're, we're okay without the Swedish. Okay. Dear, yeah, dirty I, I... Swedes. Carlos, hey, get back up there. I hate, I'm telling you, these reactive websites might be great for phones, they suck for my computer. Um, Coriolis, The Third Horizon, a science fiction role-playing game set in a remote cluster of star systems called The Third Horizon. I go into the history of that. It's a place ravaged by conflicts and war, but also home to proud civilizations, both new and old. Anywho, you will crew a spaceship and travel the horizon. Now, every year's your engine game has the same kind of theme. You have the role-playing game, but then you have your stronghold. Whether it's a keep, the Ark, your spaceship, whatever. And this game, of course, is going to be a spaceship. You've got to pay it off. And I talk about that in my video. I'm not trying to push you to my video. It's just I don't need to go over, rehash all of that here. Um, although, if you want to watch that video, give me those likes. Uh, from, the, uh, from, the monolith in the, from the monolith in the jungles of Kua to the floating temples of Mira, <laughs> subscribe! <laughs> the horizon is yours to explore. I have it on the other screen over there, but it's still a red light uh you can be traders explorers mercenaries pilgrims or agents whatever your calling is together you will make your own fate check out coriolis uh who was it that won this game was that what else 
that won this one? Somebody won know. this a few months ago from us when we were doing the live stream still. First of the Icons campaign lets the gaming group experience and influence a universally disruptive shift in the history of the Third Horizon, a period of time when a new era is born out of the corrupt and pain-stricken corpse of what has been. Tensions between cultures, factions, and individuals rooted in the time of the Portal Wars. Again, some of this might be like, what's a Portal War? You're going back. What is all this? Hey, it's all explained to you. Uh, and, and it's done well. That's why the Portal Wars, just to put it this way, there's a reason why it's called the Third Horizon and not the Second Horizon. And traceable back to the cradle of human civilization. So here we go. I'm not going to read it all. And we have reviews. Is my review in here? No, it's never going to be. But anyway, good game. That's what it should all say. There's the Free League. By the way, the, whole, the term Free League for Free League Publishing comes from this game. So check it out. And you can, uh, this up here is CorealisTechRPG.com. Or you can just go to the Free League site, and I'm sure you can get it there. Charlotte has but a question. Uh, Coriolis reminds me of a traveler. What is due to separate puts it a step above? Well, it's not as scientific as traveler. <laughs> I mean, you could, in theory, say, and this is not an insult to you at all. I'm just saying, you could say that any science fiction space traveling game is kind of like traveler, because traveler is so diverse. But it's not as sciencey as traveler. Um... It would take on a more religious tone. Yes, there are starship combat rules, but they're not they're not intense. It's it's not even as 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 uh, as codified as like Starfinder. I mean, it still has some of the same things, which actually started in the game. Oh, coincidentally, boom, 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 worlds without number. Does this remind you of something? Stars Without Number, yeah, which is a game much older than Starfinder, but Starfinder tries to take uh, credit for the whole having the five positions in the ships and so forth. Stars Without Number by the gentleman who made this game did it before then. Just saying. Um, we'll talk about that in a moment. But uh, really what separates it would just be, I think it's, it's not that it has. It's designed a little bit more rules, well, way more rules light. It's more role play Although I, it's hard to say because I role play in every game. I mean, it, Traveler is just, it's less crunch than Traveler for sure. And, uh, you know, Traveler, while it does have its core world, you could really make whatever you wanted in Traveler, especially going back to the 70s, if you have like all the little pamphlet source books. So I don't want to, I don't want to put anything disparaging on Traveler, except for that, that this is its own unique world. Would I play this instead of Traveler? Yes. But that's a personal opinion. Would I... If I were playing Traveler since the 70s or even since the 90s, would I give that up to play this? Probably not. But I hope that answers what, uh, yeah. So I don't see Dungeon World, the Apocalypse system that SWN, well, I have my feelings about uh, Dungeon World. I reviewed Dungeon World, the Apocalypse system. I mean, I, I don't hate it, but I don't like the people behind it, so. Um, before we go, any, anybody have anything else on Coriolis? Charlotte, did I answer your question? I know it wasn't a direct answer, but I hope I answered it to your satisfaction, at least understand. I like it. If nothing else, look at this art. This is all through the books, too. Uh, worst case scenario, just watch my video in, in, in our YouTube playlist on the Year Zero Engine. There, there's one out there. It's under the tabletop role-playing things. You should go find one for Year Zero Engine. I have one or two on Coriolis. From a space fantasy opera, more Flash Gordon than Star Trek. Yes. More Star Wars. You really get a feel, at least I did, I really got a feel that the dark between the stars was kind of like the dark side of the Force. 
Now, you're not manipulating it, although that's not fully true either. One of the things that's happened uh, recently, these uh, people have come out with these, uh, we'll call them powers, and people can't explain it. There are things happening. <laughs> it's got, it's got some well, interesting. We all know it was explained. It's midichlorians. God. <laughs> Cor Cor uh, Coriolians. Coriolians. Uh, there you go. Dianetics, the RPG. <laughs> so, um,. I would say, yes, it's more fantasy than than Traveler, because I just remember when I did Traveler, it was so, so, so technical. And people even wanted to make it more technical. So, it's not that that's a bad thing. I sometimes get into that. This is not that game. This is more make your characters and so forth. Dark Between the Stars keeps me think of Fading Suns. I don't know enough about Fading Suns to talk intelligently about it, sorry. But maybe... Okay, I'm going to move on to the next one, but if anybody still wants to comment on Coriolis, you can. Wait, level 5. <laughs> Castles and Crusades, Roads to Adventure. This is the 8th printing that they're talking about. Mm -hmm. And I got a message. One, I didn't send it to you yet, but somebody was really posting and said, these guys are not SJWs, they're army vets. Okay. I got it. But if you say no, no, they, no, we, we weren't talking about that. We were, uh, we were, we were. Uh, our main problem was the the editing. Yeah, was you know one one page would be done perfectly. The next three pages would be done obviously by somebody else and with obviously less skill and ability. Yes. So that was our and problem. and I still say that anybody who says they them there for a single pronoun is an SJW. I don't care if you're in the army or not. I I I joined the Air Force in 1992. 91, if you want to call it delay, delayed enlistment or count delayed enlistment program. With the exception of a few months, I have worked for DOD ever since then. I've worked for every service <laughs> uh, except for directly the Navy, although I work for the Marine Corps. I spend a lot of time around the military. There are some SJWs in the military. <laughs> so I'm not saying that about the Castle and Crusades people. In fact, I back this. Why don't you see it? Because I didn't log in. But I back this at the $175 level. Make your little comments now. So, sure. yeah. What'd you get? I, I'm, I, What'd you get? I'm risking it on the on the hopes that uh, that it's written like a human being and not like an SJW. So pledge hundred seventy five dollars or more. The CNC Players Handbook Digital, CNC Players Handbook Print, CNC Players Handbook Leather. Uh, CNC Adventures Spellbook Digital, Spellbook Print. Archive digital and archive print, which I gotta be honest, I don't know exactly know what that is. So, tells here. Uh, I mean, let, we can look through. It. Why not look through it? I mean, that's what segment two is for, right? Commentary and opinion. That's that's. I hope a druid. Okay, so, uh, okay. Rundown number nine with the adventures spellbook in hardback. It's time to push beyond the boundaries to make this project even better. We've added a new pledge. Which sold out, like, right away. <laughs> or you can join Stephen, I hope it's pronounced Chanel. I speak some French, and that's how it'd be pronounced there. Uh, but I, I don't like screwing up people's names, so I'm just going to go with that, though. Join Stephen Chanel in a game. It has only six slots, so check it out. Also, we've updated the stretch reward map with new tribute cover. This time, it concerns a certain Efreet. Scroll down here. Before we continue, back in March after COVID hit, we released a digital PDF. Seventh printing offered to everyone stuck at home for free, and that's what we reviewed. Mm -hmm. Want to check it out? You can download it here. So look, 
Come to this Kickstarter, this uh, this Castles and Crusades Kickstarter, and you can get the seventh edition that we reviewed for free. See what all the fuss is about. You can see why we bitched about the language. <laughs> so, uh, no, look, I, Heathen Dog had some it had some certain issues with the game, but ultimately speaking, did you enjoy it? Yes, I would. I would. Uh, I would actually take a pen and cross out every instance of the word illusionist. <laughs> in, in my in my print copy and rewrite something else i still haven't figured out what i'll call it but call it something else and then the, the game will run much more smoothly in my mind uh what am i missing in chat max the john campea I, I don't know who john campea is so that's probably good and uh, you got a shield to get that access no, that again work either, but it's better I, I, I'm missing what's trying to be said in chat. Got a shill to get that access, I guess. Uh, no. Okay. Uh, no. I mean, they they know who I am. They they know who we are, but I haven't asked for anything and they haven't offered. Yeah. Uh, in fact, um, Chuck, uh, he sent me a message saying that he didn't know that if it was okay for him to advertise on our forums. I was like, yeah, that's what the shout out channel is for. Do it. I said, but if I don't see it by the time I get home, I'll do it myself. And I, and I did. So, and you know what? I respect that. I respect somebody that comes in and says, I'm not just going to advertise all my crap on your Discord. But that's what the shout-out channel is for, as long as somebody's not spamming it. So, hey, look, I enjoyed this game. I, I enjoyed it probably more than Heathen Dog. I don't have the issues with the illusionist. I get where Heathen Dog's coming from. I'm not saying that he's wrong in any way, shape, or form. I just don't care like he does on that just like with my issue that i have with certain language he doesn't care you know i mean sometimes that happens uh so you know a game that is yours to command castle crusades is a fantasy role-playing game with countless possibilities the cnc player's handbook allows you to take up the sword and shield the staffer bow it's a DD type game right yes chad's are. i said it's a DD type game and i this just popped in my head if i had to say which game should you buy coriolis or this one sorry cnc I would say get Coriolis. But hey, why don't you do like I did and get both? Uh, designed for use with multiple players. Of course, it's an easy-to-learn attribute system. Player's Handbook 8th Printing will be a 196-page hardcover, and it will retail for $39.99. Adventure Spellbook. Uh, let's go to We have dozens of source books to span play, two-world settings, several mini Okay, so all the spells from Player's Handbook, all the spells from Adventure's Backpack, all the spells from elemental spells so look at this you're getting a whole bunch of spells jammed into one book at 176 estimated pages oh it's gonna be soft cover not hard cover. oh well that's okay i have book binding tape All right that's two of the three books so what's the third book players archive is a fast and ready resource for all players you'll find all the classes from the player's handbook adventures backpack hallowed oracle some from Amazing Adventures and the Player's Guide. Uh, I don't even want to try to pronounce that. Plus, it includes all the options for multi-classing and class and a half from the Player's Handbook, which, you know me, I'm not a big fan of this in any game, but hey, you well, know what? I mean, Castles of Crusade makes multi-classing so unattractive as no one's going to want to do it. Like, it is just awful. Like, wait, really? You I, didn't think, I didn't think it was awful, but I definitely said, you know what? You're not finding the superpower level doing this. No, no, no. 
You're doing it because you want. You would only do it for your know, like, like your vision of your character. You would not do it for any reason other than that. You're not going to min-max yourself by multi-classing. You're you're not going to, you know, find find the 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 right the right uh, uh, mix of levels like you like you can in a in a D twenty uh, type uh, type game. To, to give yourself all the bonuses that you want to be super OP. It's not going to happen. If you multi-class yourself, you, you hamstring yourself compared to other people. I would have to see it in action to guarantee that, but... Uh, um, on paper, it is unappealing. Yes, uh, there's something here. I don't understand why, why you say this. Why, why do you say they're rip-offs? I didn't see this as a rip-off at all. I saw this as different enough. I see Astonishing Swordsman and Sorcerers as more of a ripoff, if you want to say that, because it's closer to the actual game rules of d and Yeah, Castles and Crusades have, they, they moved away mechanics-wise enough to be a different game. They, they just wanted to keep the, the same fantasy tropes and flavor. That's all. I mean, I've heard multiple times that Gygax had his uh, fingers in Castles and Crusades, yeah. which good. Yeah, Chenault uh, actually uh, worked with Gygax on some stuff. Good. I mean, I, I see that as nothing but a benefit, but I, w I wouldn't say anything like that as a ripoff. If anything, Osteric is a ripoff. <laughs> um, and I won't even try to disparage that. Uh, read the next one. The, the LJ and CNC were both Gary's attempts to reclaim the power of D&D lost, like Artifact and Keyforge, or Richard Garfield's attempt to recreate Magic Gathering. I, I don't care. That's the thing. I don't see it as a ripoff. Yeah, Shadzar says if you read if you read on on this thing, it'll explain it. Rip ripoff to me implies something nefarious, yeah. not something different or something additive or something that that's you know just a thumb stamp. Ripoff tells me that somebody's trying to say ha ha ha, uh, your sucks, mine's good. No, no, and, uh, gain gain from somebody else's work. Yes, yeah. and I and I don't see that here. Already have the player's handbook, but want to show your support? We have merchandise level now includes a canvas poster printing by the amazing folks at Noble Dwarf. Oh, templates. You know, again, I don't like maps and squares, so I see the importance of these for people who use them, but if I wanted to use this, I'd play Battletech. And here he's ripping off his own work that was stolen from him, but it's still a ripoff of DNA. I, nope, not going to give you that one. Yeah, sorry, Shadzar. Rip off, homage will take. But yeah. rip off, no, it's too harsh. Yep. If we meet our goal, we'll add all manner of rewards to your play. Oh, Shadzar is going to love what we talk about in a couple of weeks. I hope he's here for that. Uh, Charlotte Williams says they're not rip offs. Well, they were inspired by D&D. Haven't actually played them. I can tell you they're more than different enough to be considered separate games. I agree. And how do you rip off your own game, even if somebody else bought it from you? If, it, if I made it, if I write my game, and then I sell it and somebody screws with it and so forth, and I write a whole new game that's similar to it, I can't rip off my own game. <laughs> uh, yeah, legally, you may have given up rights to it, but you're, you're gonna, when you make another game, it'll probably be similar to the game you made before because you made both games. Oh, it's not there. Oh, I have to scroll all the way back up, and I don't want to. Um, these, are the stre these are stretch goals. So, funded, got all types of hardcovers and so forth. Yeah, funded and World Anvil. Oh, they, they, I got a message about the World Anvil thing. I, I don't use World Anvil. 
But if, for people out there, if you like Dungeon Fog and World Anvil, you can check them out. It's good for uh, campaign slash world building. I just don't feel like paying money for stuff like that when I can just write them in notebooks. I understand. Uh, I'm going to have to leave in a, in a little bit, so okay. you should probably move on. I can do this by myself, maybe. I know, but I don't want you to do the whole segment two by yourself. If you can do segment three by yourself, everyone can yell at you like I want them to. <laughs> okay. Well, then fine. We'll go to the other one. Anyway, that's Castle and Crusades. Check that out on the Kickstarter. It's, uh... I thought it had more funding than that already. Weird. It's at 24,000 euro. I, sorry, I live in Germany, so I'm going to get the euro thing. Could have sworn it had more than that. Well, whatever. But go back it, and, uh... Yeah, check out the eighth printing. Boom. Worlds Without Number. The reason I put this on here is because the gentleman does this game, and I already forgot his name. Steve, what? Um... Oh, Kevin Crawford. Kevin Crawford is well-respected in the OSR community. I like OSR. And so, uh, sandbox fantasy role-playing game packed with world-building tools and GM helps compatible with Stars Without Number, which means basically what? It's compatible with 3rd edition D&D? No, yeah, that wasn't this one. Well, the, the problem with, with Stars Without Number is that uh, the, the, the game master is, is uh, saddled with creating all of these completely insular and unique worlds that the player characters could just randomly go to. So uh, having having some kind of uh, help with creating a world is is very, very worth it. If you like the game and you want to run it, this hey, would be a good buy. You can go talk to him. I've got some friends that are from Traverse oh, City. Traverse City. That's, that's two other si- is it two hours? I thought it was the other side of the state. I guess that would be two hours away. It is a few hours away. It's the other side of the state. Um. Anyway, one of the things I liked about Stars Without Number was developing the uh, the solar system and so forth. And if this is world building similar to that, seems like it would be fun. Uh, Worlds Without Numbers, tabletop fantasy role playing game from the creator of the hit sci fi game Stars Without Number, which is a sci fi game. If you want just kind of a generic sci fi game, in this would be closer to a traveler type thing, but more familiar in terms of I think it was based on third edition D anD D, if I remember correctly. I have the Stars Without Number book. I just have not gone through it ever since Heathen Dog did his uh, the video on it. Freaking amazing. Yep. I love um, it. Love it. Check it out. I mean, it's a good, it's a person that's well-respected in the OSR community. It's also, you know, a game system that we both like. I did look it over, and I remember liking it. I just can't remember why. So uh, I have not backed this one yet, to be honest with you, but I think I am going to. Uh, i got to be careful. I can't just back everything out there. People are going to just start sending me crap. Back mine, too. I'm like, uh-huh. But since I have stars without number, I don't see why I can't back this one. We'll see. Anywho. Uh, Worlds Without Number and its fantasy tools are built to be fully compatible with the sci-fi gaming of Stars Without Number and other OSR games. Using classic old-school mechanics such as traditional six attribute scores, hit points, AC classes, and levels, along with certain modifications and refinements meant to accommodate more modern tastes. A lot of people confused with rip-off things, D&D-centric, the hobbies, the oldest RPG we know of, and the foundation for the hobby, like with DC Marvel. Yeah, well, Shadzar gets uh, stuck on words. So, I mean, uh, like, story and and uh D ripoff and so forth and he's very particular about his basic and first edition AD&D stuff so uh you know i kind of understand where he's coming from i get picky about words as well but i will not call something that is creatively created by somebody creatively created yes by somebody as as a, as a ripoff even if look sure he may have tried to get his stuff back sure he it may be a derivative of his original work but that's not a ripoff and i don't care what the legal term is because i don't give a fuck about lawyers Letter, uh, I don't give a shit about the letter of any law. I care about the spirit of the law, and that's not a ripoff. That's creating something based on his own concept. 
A ripoff would be, I, again, I think Osric is more of a ripoff. Lamentations of the Flame Princess, well, not background-wise, but just rules-wise, more of a ripoff. Astonishing Swordsman Sorcerers, again, not in background, but in rules, is more of a ripoff. Um, but they're all their own unique individual games, and I won't call any of them ripoffs. Uh, this traditional gaming chassis ensures that you can plunder almost 50 years of adventures, games, and other content built for those specifications and take advantage of a wealth of modern material being written for old-school game mechanics. Dungeon Crawl Classics, you know, so forth. So, anyway, uh, it's built for more than just OR, OSR enthusiasts. More than half the entire book is devoted to system and setting neutral tools for developing fantasy campaign worlds and sandbox adventures. These are the kind of things I like. I mean, Stars Without Number already did that. You create your own type of solar system. If I remember correctly, isn't that the one where each player like creates one of the planets or something? Well, if you if you don't remember, it's okay. Well, I I, I do remember that uh, the the uh, um, FTL ships are really hard to come by, but when you get one, you go to another planet, and it will be dramatically different than the planet you came from, because the the whole point is hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago, all of the all this this uh, facet of the, this FTL civilization, the humans were cut off from each other, so planets either evolved on their own or died out or or whatever. So each planet is going to be so much different in local custom, maybe language, definitely money, uh, te technological level, uh, religion. It's all going to be radically different. Like So like I said, any book that helps you navigate all of those infinite choices is really great for the game master. Excellent. Uh, where, where was I? Just, yeah, 30 years from now, Max got a box of things he backed 2018. I'm getting stuff written now that I backed like four years ago. <laughs> Two, three, four years ago. I'm like, what is this crap? Oh, yeah, I did, I did back that, didn't I? Uh, so, yeah, I, that's true. That Sting's calling Astonishing Swords of Sorcerers a ripoff. I didn't say it was a ripoff. I said it's more of a ripoff if you if using that terminology. But, yeah, I, I love Astonishing Swords. I've already said that. If I wanted something, I don't want to call it rules light. If I want something a little more... Fresh, I would do Castles and Crusades. If I want something a little more straight down the line d and I would use Astonishing Swordsman Sorcerer Hyperborea. I'm very open about that. If I want something rules light, I'll do Forbidden Lands. Those are my three go-to fantasy games right now. Um, could this be four? I don't know. Um, anywho, go ahead and check this out. Uh, I mean, if, you don't, if you're not sure if this would be something you like, go watch Heathen Dog's video on... Um, um, stars, uh, stars. I see worlds, and I'm trying to see uh, stars without number. He goes into it. Uh, how many episodes did you go into it? Just one, uh, or is that I one? I think I did three or four. Three, they're three all four? they're all thirty minute episodes on YouTube, so you can check them out. I really, really uh, the introduction alone took two episodes because it is so in depth and so flavorful. You're not conf confusing this with Eclipse Phase, are you? No, no, they, they both did. They both okay. did well, but the the uh, stars without number one uh, had the had the the uh, uh, galactic apocalypse of of FTL stuff. That yeah, phase the, got weird. The phase one was the was the uh, transhumanism uh, and whatnot. Yeah, tra tra transhumanism and AI Terminator type, you know, uh, uh, um, AI rebellion or just massacre of all the humans and stuff. And again, that one with introduction took two episodes. Well, that one because it was so damn long. They they, they decided to give a hundred years of backstory in every syllable I mean, they, they wrote on every syllable of a hundred years of backstory. So that, that one took a long time, but uh, stars that number is, is uh, because it's, you know, space, it's a much grander opera, like, like story. So it took, it took a while to actually get you, 
get you to the feel of the nature of the game. But uh, they, I think they did it really well. So yeah, check that out. So here the here the thing. So it's expected to be released. I hate that I can't hover over it. Um, December twenty twenty one. I don't know if he's just reaching out saying, you know what, let's put a date down there so nobody says I'm late, or if he actually has a lot of work to do. That doesn't matter to me. Um, well, as of a month ago, it hasn't it hadn't gone to printing yet. Yeah, printing doesn't take that long. I just don't know how far of writing he's got into it. This again, what so one of the things that especially on Indiegogo, people have been starting to do these really far out dates, so it looks like they meet their goals sooner. Right. Oh, oh, right. No, no, no. Um, also, as an indicator, a month ago, when I was when uh, I I was on an AMA with uh, with Stephen Chenault, and I, I brought up my my problems with the human race, he said he'll look into it and and see if he can rewrite it if it's wrong. So he still it's not far enough out of the ability to make rewrites. So that's that's for castles and crusades, though. Yes. This is this is no, this is worlds without number. Oh, I have no idea then. Just, but, to, just to be uh, fair. Castles and Crusades is due when? That's uh, uh that was sooner. I think that was this was year. Sooner. It wasn't December. It was uh We can go back and look at it. I still have it. I just want to finish going through. But we, we we can make a we can make a thing. Yeah. Uh, comparison. So, I just wanted I just wanted to get through the the pledge. Yeah, December does mm. seem like a long time. That 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 does seem like a safety date. It, but it might be that he has a lot left to do or some playtesting and so forth. Um, this says June, 2021 June. Okay. So if you, if you think they're, they're more, they're more upfront and it's not a safety date, that would be, uh, October, November, December, January, February, March, April, May, that'd be nine months. Which you figure two months for printing and shipping. The rest of it might just be editing and finishing up artwork and so forth. I, I don't know. I was like, so anyway, um, I, like I said, I probably will back this one. I don't know what level. I just looked through all those and they go into the $300. There's no chance in hell I'm paying $300 for a game. But if there's some good content with it, I can see myself, you know, I, I like print copies. That's kind of my rules. I have to have a print copy. I can't do, I hate PDFs. Yeah, I've seen a lot of Kickstarters where 50 bucks does not get you a single print copy. I'm like, what? Get out. Yeah. Um, so I'll have to look through these to find out which ones. Wow. That jumps quickly from 250 to what? 90 okay uh yeah i'll have to look at these and find out but uh look he writes good games so let, let's move on to uh the next one now now we're going to get a little more these are going to be quicker in theory because i know you said you had to go plus also yeah. isn't much left so um we've talked about coriolis we've talked about postmortem studios for grim stuff we've talked about coriolis castle and crusades worlds without number now we're going to switch tone here what the hell crafty Crafty, crafty, get, no, you don't gift spectral fire. God damn it. <laughs> you can't control what you get. <laughs> I, so, uh, ch thank you very much. He is now gifted more. That's 10 subs on Twitch that he's gifted today. Thank you. Unbanned spec now. <laughs> Unbanned spec. No, ban, ban spec now. Damn it, I'm not on my normal computer. I can't uh, auto-ban it. Thank you very much, Crafty. Really do appreciate that. That is awesome. We haven't had anybody do this in quite a while. So, uh, yeah, this is this is a notable event for us today. So thank ago. you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's been like a year since somebody did that. Uh, so absolutely appreciate that. Everybody, give, again, if he's gifting you stuff, you give him the respect, give him a thank you. Yeah, give him a thanks in chat. Spectrifier does lurk, so, I mean, he might not even be there. Uh, all right, ready to get grumpy? Let's very go. quickly, quick grumpiness. Baldur's Gate 3 devs sorely disappointed that most popular character creation option is a white human male. Oh my god. You... Yeah, I, I read about this one. 
Yeah, I've read it in multiple places. I decided to take it from here. Baldur's Gate 3 developer Larian Studios has urged their player base to explore more character creation options after discovering the game's most popular choices resulted in white human male adventurers. Well, who are most of the people who play these games? Sorry, white not, human not, male. Yeah, not everybody, for sure. No. And I wouldn't even say it's even 90%. But I would say, you know, the majority, at least a plurality, white, hum, you know, white human males. Well, human, 100%. Um... But uh, you have to understand, just because you put in weird demon eyes and dumb, stupid pink hair, which shouldn't happen, that player should be mocked. Anytime a character has pink hair in a game, that character should just be mocked, unless it's an anime game. There should be yeah. code that, written that into the game. Cool. Yeah, right. There should be code written into the game that you go to talk to somebody and you get laughed at. Okay. And tieflings should not be a character class. Yeah. I know this game's based on fifth edition, so I can't argue with, with the Baldur's Gate having it in there because crappy ass fifth edition has it in there but demon characters and bullshit like that should not have any of that in the first place so on october 9th alongside a hot fix update for early access version of Baldur's Gate 3 larian studios shared an amalgamation of the game's most popular choices in character creation through the game's then three-day lifespan that revealed the most prevalent choices created a white human male we thought our analytics system wasn't working said larian studios we checked Yes. Larian Studios then sarcastically congratulated players for their choice of default Vault Dweller, given that devs gave you demon eyes, horns, and even tails. And if you run around with demon eyes, horns, and tails, you should be smacked. Well, no, no. You know what? Yes, it, you should. It's, it's an MMORPG. Just, you it's can, not an MMO. No, it's not. No, it's, it's a single-player game. No, it's a really? single-player game. Yeah. It's, just ba it's Baldur's Gate. All right, then never mind. Then there's absolutely nothing. I, I, I thought I thought Baldur's Gate 3 would be... I would I never played it. I never watched it. So I, I thought it would be... A, a lot of games have graduated to MMOs at this point. I mean, it might have a multiplayer component. I don't know enough. But yeah, it's but, based uh, on 5th yeah, edition, I mean, so I won't buy it. You sh giving them the option is great. Giving them the ability to choose exactly how they want their character to look is awesome. Congratulations. That's great. Getting pissed that they didn't take those choices when you gave them the choice to or not is a bitch move. It is though it is it is a whiny bitch thing to do. So so Charlotte, who cares what someone else makes it uh isn't a single player game, just make whatever the hell you want. I agree, but I, my problem with it, just so you know where I'm coming from on this, is the fact that crap like this, this is a demon. This should be killed. This should be killed. No exceptions. This is a demon. No, it's a tiefling. It's a demon. Read up on tiefling. They should never be player characters. They should be killed 100% of the time. No, uh, no, no, 99% no, of the time. Drow 100% of the time. Okay, yeah, I don't have a problem with that. I don't, I don't. I don't have a problem with it. It's, it's just in the 5th edition game, so you know it's going to be in this one. Yeah, uh, the, the game developer gives you choices, and then the game developer is angry that you made choices they didn't like. Fuck you. Die in a fire. <laughs> the Larian Studio statement was mostly tongue-in-cheek. Some media outlets subsequently used their findings to argue for further diversity and criticize the player's player base's character creation decisions. Okay, then now now that right there, if 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 it, if it says somewhere that the that this company sided with this, with this idea of beating their own player base for making wrong decisions 
the the first decision they're going to rectify is buying their next game. <laughs> Even when presented with a wealth of options and opportunities, people will still default to making what's comfortable and familiar themselves," said Kotaku AU reporter Ash Parrish. Shouldn't that mean then? When a game maker implements these character creation engines, they should add options that reflect reflect all of what humanity has to offer, rather than just a narrow band of it. Yeah, that's they not Australian accent. horns, you ass hat. They're not representing humanity. Oh, oh, here, here we go. Pair should also assert that uh, the character creation options offered by contemporary games were not enough, and stated that video games in general needed more body types, facial hair, head coverings, and skin conditions, as well as uh, skin condition, goddamn, as well as accessory options to include hearing and mobility aids. What he wants, he wants eczema and wheelchairs. Fuck this guy. <laughs> you know what? Anytime I hear fantasy uh, hearing aids, I always picture the uh, the Ooh, movie the, the, the Patriot. Like, the the Patriot. Yeah, yeah, the big. Thing. You're like, what? What was that? <laughs> There's your hearing aid. <laughs> What an ass hat. Pop culture news outlet Whiteside asks, Why is Baldur's Gate being filled with bog standard white dudes? Because that's Nordic fantasy. That's what it's based on. You don't have to like it. This isn't yeah. Chult. This isn't uh, uh, Alkadim. It's yeah. based on Forgotten Realms, which is Nordic fantasy. Yes, it's more homogenized than some other settings and so forth, but it's fucking Forgotten Realms. Uh, and lamented, this feels like an unfortunate confirmation of the long, lingering, and increasing unfair stereotypes that the world of D&D is a white man business. No, but I, I don't nobody understand. In the, nobody in the business chose their own, chose the characters. The players did. Fuck you for, for giving me choice and, and, then, and then trying to call me an asshole for making the choice you gave me. You, you, you can go suck a dick. God damn it, I hate this. <laughs> so I'm waiting for that chat to pop up there because uh, Charlotte said, well, when it uh, pops up, Charlotte's recent comment is a good one. Uh, Role-playing is an outlet for escaping what the, the quote did. What the hell is that word? I've never seen that word before. I have learned a new word today. Quotidian? Well, no, no. Look it up. It could, it could be a typo. I know. Of occurring, oh, of or occurring every day, daily. Okay. Denoting the malignant form of malaria. We're going to go with that one. It's malaria. Okay, so. Quotidian. Quotidian. Okay. Yep, never heard the word before. So look, I got educated today. Look at that. Oh, here it is. Here it is. You said you wanted it up. Yep. I doubt all these white males are uh, are the result of people making themselves. They sell these things all over the world. Even in India, they have heroes with what the simpletons would call pale skin. It's Nordic fantasy. I mean, okay, it may not be directly Nordic, but it's Western European fantasy. Yeah, I mean, like, like, like you said, Al-Kadim, if, if you were playing, playing a character in the Al-Kadim setting and you were a white guy, dude, you are out of place. Yep. You are going to be treated badly. You're an outsider now. You and I would love an Al-Kadim game. I actually there. love that setting. Yeah, if you, if you if you were born there, you you look like them. You are Arabic. That's it. I'm sorry. You are Middle Eastern. You look Middle Eastern. You should play someone who looks Middle Eastern. But if you are from a Nordic region or uh, Eastern, Western or European, Eastern European yep. at very least, then you should be white, man. I mean, 
Come on. Doesn't mean every single character has to be, no, but no, the law but of averages are going to say. People yeah. did not travel far in the olden days, okay? Yeah, finding, you're, you're, you're going to have people argue with you on that one. What they're going to say is, because uh, I've seen the arguments on that, is first of all, this is a high fantasy setting. People travel all over the place. There's magic to get people wherever they want to go, et cetera, et cetera. This isn't, you know, this isn't, uh, you know, 14th century Russia. You know, that. Okay, well, then I will, I will argue this. Nowadays, I could, I could go to the airport right now and go almost, well, b b besides the coof. Go almost anywhere I wanted to go and be there in 24 hours. I could do that. But why is it that most people live their entire lives between 50 and 100 miles from where they were born? Now, when they have the choice of literally everywhere on the planet. Familiarity. Yeah. And, and in the Middle Ages, uh, people didn't, I mean, the people who traveled still didn't even go more than 25 miles from their house. Most people that lived in that era did not ever, their entire life, did not go further than 25 miles from their house. So guess what? Suck my dick. And if you Suck look, especially, especially something like here in Germany or in France, it was like village against village. You know, People are complaining like, oh, those idiots from over the hill over there. You could walk there in an hour. And you're treating them like they're the enemy. Ah, oh, that's because they're no good for nothing. Um... Anyway, uh, so what was that word in quotidian? Role playing is an outlet for escaping the quotidian. You have the opportunity to get away from it all. Work, social media, existential crisis, pandemics. Observe reporter, reporter Petta Greenfield. It seems odd that so many are going for the basic model here because the basic model is the trope. Baldur's Gate 3 is currently in development for Windows, Mac, and Stadia platforms. Stadia is still a thing. That's funny. That, Trying to be. That. that it's absolutely ridiculous. Again, this character should be stabbed in the eye holes because she's a demon. I don't even know what the hell that's supposed to be. That's supposed to be some sort of weird-looking elf? Actually, no. It, it, it looks like a mix of a cat and uh, the female it's, ape from Planet of the Apes. It's a monster kill it. Yeah, basically that, yeah. It's a monster kill it. So, yeah, uh, about this was bounding into comics. So, yeah, we had to talk about this. Uh, oh, Yankee. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. To get the egg, that's a creature from the astral plane. It shouldn't be here. It's evil. Oh my god. Can I play the Get Zerai also? Fuck. Uh, uh. All right. Now the quickest one. This has nothing to do with tabletop gaming except from a reference it to tabletop gaming. This dumb bitch got fired. Guildwars Guild Wars 2, lead designer Jennifer Sherrill, let go by ArenaNet. By the way, ArenaNet, that's two for two. Thank you. You first got rid of that dumb whore, Jessica Price, a couple years ago. Fuck that bitch. And now you got rid of this whore right here. Guild Wars 2, lead designer Je Jennifer. Hey, Jennifer, you're German. Come on back to Germany. Come on back. We don't want you in the States. You can't stop me from being here. We fucked you guys up a few years ago. Get the fuck out of my country. You're a dumb cunt. Do not like this chick at all. And now she's crying for a job. Oh, I can't do a German accent. I just lost... Okay, I can't do it. <laughs> What's the disclaimer? I just lost my job at ArenaNet as of today. As part of the reshuffling of projects. Yeah, I can't do it. I can't do a German accent. Oh, which means I'm looking for a job as a game designer pretty much immediately. Come back to Deutschland, whore. Now, why do I feel that way? Because she's an SJW's asshat. Jessica Price was a, was a designer for Starfinder and uh, um, uh, Pathfinder. 
who arena not arena who even paizo and all their stupidity and sjw nonsense had to fire and now guild wars 2 gets rid of this dumb bitch uh for a very similar reason i was she was like uh what she uh did i or is it i need to find a job otherwise i need to leave the country yeah, yeah, yeah. according to show she was laid off on this sp- what's that it's not going to say why she was fired i, I, I think it did uh, according, uh, I might be wrong. I did hear what it is. I, did, I just don't remember off the top of my head. I hope I read it here. But anyway, according to Cheryl, she was laid off on the spot in what she described as a traumatizing experience, wherein she was locked out of my work computer within 10 minutes, and I didn't even get a chance to say goodbye to my colleagues. That's, I was, I let somebody know I was quitting a job, and that same day I was given an escort and wasn't allowed to do my job anymore. No, that's exactly right. I, I mean, I, I've been fired from a corporate job as well, and immediately you're not allowed to go alone anywhere. You're, you're, you're not allowed to log into anything. You get your shit and you go. You don't stop and talk to somebody. Nope. Nope. You get escorted out. That's how it works when you work at a company. I don't, yep. I don't see, I don't you're, see how you're not a person when you work for a company. You're a number. Nope. And yeah. she's not a person anyway. She's you're an SJW. The machine and you're a broken cog apparently and you have to be replaced. You get thrown away. Aside for game design work, Shirley is perhaps best known for a campaign against the honoring of Atari co-founder Nolan Bushnell by the Game Developers Conference, wherein she alleged that various women had come to her stories claiming Bushnell fostered a sexist and misogynist workplace and uh, workplace environment at Atari in the 1970s. Was okay, she even stop, alive then? Stop right there. But stop right there. Nobody was misogynist on her. No, or no sexist. No, of course not. Look at her. No, uh, 1970s. That is 30 40 50 years what's the statute of limitations on pretty much any of that if you think the 70s were bad how do you imagine the 80s when that shit was really rampant casting couches uh every every sexual innuendo you could because everybody was coked up and and uh, making money uh, i mean come yeah, on but there's literally nothing to be done and then if i remember correctly later in this article she said when, when pressed for name she said no you can't make me say because okay. it won't matter. Here's the part that, that I, I really, uh, Forgotten Realms. So you could probably play one, the Forgotten Realms, ever since it became the favorite. Yeah, no, that is so Charlotte. Uh, yeah, Forgotten Realms has always been way more up. And remember, they used to have the dragon characters that could be paladins and so forth, little dinosaur creatures, whatever they were. I forget what they're called. Forgotten Realms has always, you, you are absolutely right in that. Forgotten Realms has always been way more open. It's also one of the reasons why I didn't like Forgotten Realms much. I preferred Greyhawk and Dragonlance for you know, differing reasons. Um, or just basic, here's the core rulebook of, uh, you know, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, which is essentially Greyhawk, but check this out. However, when pressed for names of Bushnell's accusers, sure, refuse to provide any, provide any name. You don't understand. I don't have to prove anything to you, and neither nope, do that's, they. That's um, right. Innocent until proven guilty, bitch. This isn't Nazi Germany. Show me your papers. No. No, you need to come on back. You need to come back over. You be my neighbor. Prove anything and neither do they. Yes, they do. You yeah. make an accusation that can ruin someone's career, you better have something to back it up with or you shut the fuck up. Right. It is and, your job. And, and if you look at the next paragraph, she's already had uh, Yeah, I want I, 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 I want to get there. I want to get there. It's I want to finish this up though. It's your job to practice empathy to an experience that might differ from your own. No, I actually don't have to. No. I don't have to practice empathy towards anything in in my life. I you can't do force me because to think anything, right? I because I'm a human being. If if Charlotte were to 
type in a chat, say, hey, I actually worked in the 1970s with uh, with these uh, fools. And uh, yeah, it was pretty bad. I would start to empathize with her because she's explaining it. But just because you make an accusation. Uh, you know, we all go through shit in life. All of us. <laughs> like there's, crap, there's crap going on in my job every day that I don't necessarily like. I mean, nothing like that. I mean, I want somebody to sexually harass me, but I never get that. Uh, (laughs) The thing is, is you suck it up, buttercup, and you move on. If it's that bad, you put legal on it. You go to the cops. You go to HR. Well, say, don't sue anything. Well, then it must not be a real thing, or you're exaggerating a situation. I'm not saying it never happens. I'm not saying that Me Too in and of itself was a bad thing. No, you know what? Some shenanigans happened. Like I said before, the casting couches. At the same time, just because you don't like that, hey, hey, babe, what's up? That's misogyny. No, it's not. It's you having some sort of weird hang-up somewhere. You look nice today. How dare you talk about the way I look? Well, I'm a guy. That's like, uh... I'm a guy. These things right here, even though mine are, don't really work. Uh, <laughs> we're visual people. If you look good, we're going to tell you you look good. You don't like it? I don't give a fuck. Earlier this year, she falsely accused an innocent man of committing vehicular assault against a pair of Black Lives Matter protesters in Seattle. It was actually a black guy that ran him over. Claiming that the incident was an example of white supremacy and domestic terrorism, despite being presented with evidence to the contrary. It was, it oh, was no, a, that was, wasn't her truth. So it didn't count. <laughs> right? Schadenfreude, a German for happiness and the misfortune of others. Uh, what this woman is doing is called poisoning the well, I believe. Basically oh, flood oh. the internet with... Ex- yeah, yep. This this next one is great. This next one is great. In June, I want to read this. I want to okay. read this. Surely. That just say that that's how you say in German. Surely. I'm gonna say whore at this point. Surely. <laughs> okay. Garnered widespread criticism after stating that her worst nightmare was for men falsely accused of misconduct to have all the rest receipts ready to discredit their accusers. Now, there's a lot to unpack in that paragraph. Holy shit, Let's I didn't go see ahead that. These are her own words. Her worst nightmare was for men falsely accused to have evidence to prove they didn't do it. The That's innocence. her worst nightmare. That is unbelievable to me that that a thinking rational human being could could put could say that to another person with a straight face without having their fingers crossed or or a, 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 a confetti gun or anything to tell you that, no, I have absolutely no no uh, 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 faith in what I'm saying right now. This came out of her mouth, and she thought that this these sentences made sense, which, of course, we all know they don't. Maybe the direct translation from German to English, it does. I don't know. Uh, but th- this, she's starting a boond. If you remember before World War II, the boons, uh, she's, she's trying to set up that she's like her own little German Antifa boond in America right now. Now she needs to come back. Come on, girl. Come back here and be my neighbor. We'll have a conversation or four. I'm still in Germany. Come on back. And, and this is the thing is, first of all, I like women. I am going to comment if somebody's attractive. If you're not attractive, I usually don't say much. In fact, um, I think I've even said it on the stream before. One of the things I absolutely despise is when there's a, say, a larger than average, a hefty, a fat, obese chick running down the street. And somebody's like, oh, look at that land. Well, kaboom, kaboom, kaboom. No, that person's doing more with her life than you are with yours trying to improve it. You don't make fun of people like that. You know, so uh, 
my my point being is that uh, she's making up again. It's that phantom, phantom grievances. She even said here, falsely accused. So phantom grievances no, against no, no, no. people. No, the um, since there's evidence presented against her, this this publication was was comfortable enough to call her accusations false. Usually, usually they have to have a whole crap ton of evidence to not get sued. <laughs> Apparently, they feel like they have that. Um, yeah, no, she's a blue check mark. Yeah, she's a developer. I need to leave. I need to go outside and breathe. I can't see this. Men having all the receipts ready to discredit the people they hurt. No, nope, nope. if it's falsely accused, they hurt anybody. All of your alarm bells should go off. This is my worst nightmare. If this is your worst nightmare, just end it, lady. Yeah, this is yeah, why I will never. A lot harsher than, than this. I mean, come on. <laughs> this is why I'll never ever say what happened to me. Look, if something legitimately happened to you, please tell the cops, please. Exactly. The and, police. I, and I hope that person absolutely gets fried for it. And I hope, but if it was 30 years ago, fuck off in a, fuck off, off a bridge. Okay. I don't care. Yeah, Nobody yeah. cares anymore. What? Calls on industry turns back on gamers and paying customers. Well, that's good business practice. Look, Germany, contrary to popular belief, Germany has a lot of social programs, but it's not a socialist country. Uh, I don't know. She gets that crap. Uh, what did you say I was supposed to call her? Whore? Whore concluded her thoughts on the departure by thanking all the absolutely wonderful people who reached out to her and directed recruiters with an interest in hiring me to contact oh her God. through LinkedIn. I would never... She, she is radioactive. Yes. Getting have you ever seen that Unwoke website? Your company. Have you seen the Unwoke website? No. <laughs> it's basically, it's Unwoke. It's like LinkedIn, but it's for people. They're like, hire people that want to work, not with agendas. And it got blasted big time. Mm. I actually thought we were only going to spend like a minute or so on this one. Not, not that much time, but because uh, I don't really want to talk about video games on a tabletop game thing. The reason I was linking this to tabletop games is because ArenaNet, which does Guild Wars 2, which by the way, my wife still plays. She plays Guild Wars 2, I think almost every day. Um, but ArenaNet fired, did, did a second good one. Thank you, ArenaNet. You fired another toxic bitch. And uh, look, ladies, you know, nobody should have a problem with you being the boss. Nobody should have a problem working with you. Nobody should treat you, touch you, whatever, in a manner that is truly disrespectful. At the same time, just because we like women with big boobs and that's what we put in our video games, that is not misogynistic. That's just survival. I mean, it goes back to the deepest roots of survival in human nature. But th this, this one pissed me off because uh, she publicly said that her worst nightmare is men with proof they didn't do anything. What? Well, yeah, Sh Charlotte put it on there. Uh, you know, if you're a man, you get accused, you practically need to prove beyond or a shadow of a doubt where you, you were for where every, you day, were of for every day of your life. It's true. Yeah. yeah well, well, that's yeah. true. I, I won't play that game. I'll be in prison no, someday. No, I, but I, I won't play I, that game. I don't, I don't play either. This, this, is, this, is, this is something that actually happened to me. Actually happened to me. Um, this was years ago. Uh, Alexander wasn't born yet. And we had neighbors that had two small little girls. All right. And uh, they, they, they came over one day when I was home and my wife was at work. And they, they, they came to the door and said, we want to show you something. Can we come in? I went, no. I can't have you in this house with me alone. I would never be able to defend myself. And they said, what? They were eight and six. They didn't understand. 
was like, no, uh, there, there's no one home right now, and I'm uh, I'm busy. You have, have to come I back. Be able to come defend back myself. I love it. There's no way I would survive that. Any accusation at that point, I would not. I could not survive it. I couldn't. I would. I would be in jail. Um, my, I, I believe my, I have to believe that my wife would know that I didn't do anything, but all, everyone she worked with, all of her family would just pressure her to leave me every single day of the rest of our lives. And I didn't want that. I, I didn't want her to ha have to go through that. And I didn't want to go through that. So I said, no children who are really cool. And I would, I would never even think of doing stuff like that. I can't have you in here. Because if anyone says anything, I could go to jail for nothing. See, I absolutely, and, and I get why you say that, and it's much smarter than what I'm about to say, but to be honest with you, I just don't play that game. If you don't, if you have a reason not to trust me, you better show what it is out there. Whether it's a child, a, a, a woman, let's say, you know, my wife was like, you brought a woman in the house. Yeah, in the front door. How do I know it's just the front door? Because I'm telling you that. If you don't trust me, why are we married? Um, you know, whether it's some accusation, the kid goes home, Daddy, he touched me in my bad spot. Um, you know, no, I didn't. And if you don't want to believe me, well, then we'll do the legal proceedings. I'm not playing that game. Now, I wouldn't have a kid in my house because I'd probably be, you know, more apt to put them in the garbage disposal, but uh, cause I'm not a fan of children. But I... I don't think I'm, you'd I'm not, a kid there. I think that was hyperbole. I don't think you'd actually hurt it's a segment, child. It's segment two. I'm supposed to be hyperbolic, remember? Um, no, no. the thing is, is I, I don't even think about stuff like that because I know I wouldn't do anything. So, you know, if it's raining outside or if it's cold outside or if you got something to tell me, I'm not going to keep my door open all day. Step on in. Let's talk. I, hell, I did it with the, uh, they're not Jehovah's, the, the Mormons out here. We had one conversation. They haven't come back. Uh Come, come on in. I'm, I'm not going to do the whole, well, you need to stay outside because I don't trust what somebody else might think. Because you know what? I know me, and I couldn't give a shit less what somebody else thinks. Yeah, well, you're, Like I said, you're probably in the safer space. I just well, yeah, don't well, care. The problem is, it, it also hurt Alexander for a while because uh, I was the stay-at-home parent, right? And I would, I would go to the school, I would take him to play dates, and then he would not be asked back. Because, because I was a guy, it made the the mothers uncomfortable around with me around their kids taking alexander to the park if there's if there's other other kids there their parents look at me i swear to god if if if, if they had superman eyes i would be dead i'm only gonna ask this because i would ask this of anybody are you sure that's not some sort of projection at all i am positive okay i just uh, case there was there was one time a woman came up to me and asked to sit down and she stayed sitting next to me and talking to me until she found out that that uh, that child right there was mine and we're leaving in five minutes. And then she got up and walked away back back to her little friend group. Ravenslayer, if it's going to be something about being rude to them, I, I don't do that. I just don't. I just tell them no. But I let them in because I always let them in the first time. I quickly let them know that I have a background in religion. So there's not much that they're going to be able to tell me. And, uh, and they usually don't come back because I let them know that I'm very, I'm very fine with whatever faith I may or may not have. So I, I don't need them. And usually it's respectful enough that they don't come back. They'll probably drop a book off, whatever. It keeps my house warm. Uh, I, I, I don't, 
I, I just, I don't have a problem. I, I don't understand. You know, the people who are like have to make fun of To me, that's the same as making fun of somebody, like the Girl Scouts coming over to sell cookies or somebody asking me to a D&D game or, you know, somebody, I don't know. I just see it as just somebody knocking on my door, and I, which is already annoying to me. And then the person goes you know, on his own way. I just, I just don't see the, the, God forbid you jog, but no, no, I'm not saying that heathen dog lied in any way, shape or form. I, I, I just saying the, I would ask that of anybody because, and I mean, literally anybody, because one of the things that happens in this world now is that they either saw it happen to a friend or you see it happen to, you know, or people post about it on Twitter all the time. So it must be real, you know, that kind of thing. It's like, really, is that happening? I don't notice a lot of stuff like that. Like, apparently, I should be noticing, but I just don't. Like, the biggest I didn't thing that I've. I not either until it literally happened to me. It happened to me. And I didn't, I, I didn't get. Uh, the, the, the very first time I, I, I took Alexander to preschool because I would take him there and drop him off because my care would be at work. I don't know. The, the same woman three days in a row said, So, uh, so where, where's his mother? No, she she's working. I stay at home with the child. Oh, that's that's so nice. The next day, wh where's his mother? Where like like it was it was beyond her comprehension that I was there. It it, it was awful. <laughs> wow, uh, I'm just reading some of the chat. I uh, you uh, there was somebody's gonna. I I don't think I've ever TP. Have I TPK'd? Yeah, yes, I have. Yes, I have a long time ago. No, TPKs aren't normal. I'm saying that it, that it should be possible. Like with the shadow, for example. I'm not going to make the shadow just a stat block. Because as a stat block, the shadow is pretty easy to defeat. Yeah, you might lose strength here and there, but it comes back eight hours later. Have a nice day. If you use that shadow as DVD, like, okay, in my room right now, can't really see it because I got a green screen and so forth. But I have a bright light right there. I have a bright light right there. I have light up there and I have kind of a subdued light down here. Otherwise, for whatever reason, it likes to show my face is red on the screen. But I can still look around this room and see I've got underneath my, my alternate desk over here where I do my unboxing videos and so forth. There's a definite shadow there where the light isn't hitting. I could hide a shadow down there. Maybe even two or three. Um, looking over here where I have a wall and a curtain. I could definitely, because of the shadow coming off my bookshelf, I could absolutely have a shadow there. My point is, is that a good DM could find a way to hide a shadow, even in this room. Now, could it stand right next to me? No. I have continual, like, two continual light spells going on right here. Could it be behind my green screen? Absolutely, because it's being blocked. That's, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying TPK the party, but, uh, uh, but I could definitely see one character, like the wizard, or, or, or a, a, a thief? I could absolutely see that. And his shadow stole Windy. But what, what? I'm missing stuff. Um, let's get let's do segment three. Let's get people in here. They say he attacked her in the classroom. Right. What? Now, now is the time I have to go. Okay. All right. Well, I'll do segment three by myself so everybody can yell at me. Well, thank you, Heathen Dog, hey. for being here. All right. And thank you, uh, you and, have uh, a good one. Thank you everyone in the chat. Appreciate it, Crafty. If you're if you're if you're still listening, thank you very much for all those subs. Everyone really appreciates it, even though they, they did not prostrate themselves and chat for you. I will do so right now. I want to see you on your knees. Oh, that's good enough. That wasn't that's enough. That wasn't quite $100, though, so it's not enough to take off your pants. Yep. So. It's not enough to take off my pants. <laughs> nope. All right. All right. I'm going to send the link out to everybody in the meantime. Thank you, Eden Dog. You have a good night, sir. Uh, let's, let me send the link out to people.
Otherwise, you have to see my noggin on there all big. God, it's like it's out of focus. It's because I didn't pay for the 10, 1080p. I still do the 720. I'm going to put this in chat so it should go to everybody. Anybody who wants to come in here can come and talk to me. So there you go. There's the prostration chats. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, I, I have no use for people like that. You know, what you said was mean. It was targeting. It was bullying. I just have no use for people. Look, I respect women. I respect people. I respect differing opinions. Look, we had Grim on last week. And uh, you know, we have a lot of different opinions. A lot of similar opinions come to find out as well. I respect that, but once you hit the, the realm of conspiracy theorist, flat earther, or more importantly in this modern age, SJW, I do not consider you a person. I will look in your eye and tell you you are not a person. And the reason for that is because SJWs don't see me as, as wrong. They see me as evil. Evil is something to be eradicated. So if you're going to see me as evil, I'm going to see you as evil. And therefore, um, I want to eradicate you. So... Remember, RPG Gate, what does it mean? It means games are about, what are they about? I forget, I can't read. Uh, they're about, uh, not about, uh, not about representation, they're about entertainment, there we go, uh, not representation. Uh, activism is not a good thing. We just want our entertainment. And uh, I can't read it, I, I know generally what it is, I don't remember the exact quote. Still need a new headset? No problem. I'm just sure I'm not a robot. Bleep, blop, bleep. <laughs> That's good. Oh, Ravens, Ravens Wood came in. That's weird. Ravens Wood. I'll have you in in just a second, sir. And of course, uh, you know, you just include everybody. You're not going to have to worry about diversity problems. Oh, Ravens Wood went away. I clicked on enter and went away. It's, uh, it's only able to get... Uh, I, I can get the RPG gate stuff. Uh, I just don't have it. If, if you want to come back in, you can come back in. I, I, you, you bailed. I just didn't click on you right away. That happens sometimes. Sometimes I have to finish my thought. Me. It's about me. Eden Dog's gone. It's all about me. Oh, now Mar Hawkman's in. All right, Mar Hawkman, what you got? Go. Uh, one oh. of those th things I was thinking of is. One of the more interesting experiences I've had when I'm going to like cultural diversity uh, things is that years ago when I was in the military, I had this thing where everyone was, you know, doing a um, one of those like uh, briefing sort of things about yeah uh, the importance of cultural diversity, blah 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 blah, and. At one point, we had this colonel actually decide he wanted to talk to each member of our group about our ethnic background. He's like, okay. So he he talks to this one woman. He's like, oh, so uh, uh, what's your uh, ethnic heritage? And she's like, I don't know. This is someone he picked out because you look at her and you're like, oh, that's like probably a Native American or a Hispanic person or something like that. And, but she kind of, you know, mm, that was her reaction to being asked about her heritage. See, see, I, I remember growing up and one of the questions, and, and, I, and I do this to millennials a lot. I, I remember one of the questions growing up is people would look over at somebody and say, hey, what are you? Nowadays, people are like, what do you mean, what am I? So and so. We knew instantly, what are you? Oh, I'm, I'm Nordic Germanic. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I'm I'm French Indian. I'm I'm whatever. So it's funny that uh, that growing up we cared about that stuff. Like uh, you know me being you know German Norwegian. Uh, nowadays you you say that somebody and everybody's like I'm just a mutt. I don't know. I'm everything. My mom's this that and the next thing. My dad's is these other things over there. So well, we are becoming more uh, more melting pot in that regard. Uh, a lot of people just kind of seem to think see, see it as kind of like a trap question. But in this particular context, though, you know, it was you know a a social ish uh, thing about that. But the, the, the part of this thing that I found was really funny though, is that he, he was kind of sort of like going down the list. It's like, uh, because he was like going from one person to person. He, when he gets to me, he just basically said, just skip me. Why? Okay. Because I'm a white, because he, he sees me as a white guy. It's like, Oh, well you, you probably don't matter. <laughs> you know, you're a white guy. Uh, that, that's all we need to know about your hair. The heritage. So I yeah. give him this quick story about how some of my uh, ancestors are English, some of my ancestors are Vikings, and in the eighth century they were probably terrified of each other. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 you know, I have to do all these EEO and diversity classes and Sapper and all this other stuff, and one of the things that I keep telling them is like, look, I don't mind their bringing it to people's attention. But when you put me through this crap every three months, you make me want to do it. Just you know, It's like being accused for something you didn't do enough, but I may as well just do it because apparently I'm guilty <laughs> of something. So, yeah, uh, really. Oh, huh? boy. All right. Uh, anything else that you want to talk about either with, with basically with regard to anything else today? Otherwise, I'm going to uh, talk with Ravenslayer. All right, cool. All right, All right. later. Yep, I'm going. All right, Ravenslayer, what you got? Well, going to that uh, <clears throat> SJW that uh, we were discussing mm-hmm. uh, from uh, <clears throat> ArenaNet. Oh, Schadenfreude, my. whatever the hell her damn name is. Yeah, I'm not even <laughs> going to try and pronounce it. That one, oh my. People like that, I mean, they, they've been the bane of... Gamers existence for ever. You know, the thing is, is, is uh, I, I, I got to be honest, I've never run into anybody like that in real life outside of Twitter. Kind of like Shadzer was saying that like, he's never read and ran into certain things, you know, other than what we've talked about here. I've never run into a person like that in real life. And I've worked corporate. I've worked all over the world, mostly for DOD, but I've, I've, I've lived in Russia. I've, I, I've never, never run across people like that. The closest thing that I got to somebody like that was when I looked over at this lady, and this was in a couple of jobs ago, and I looked over and she had set me off to the point, I don't do this at work. I mean, I might talk like this here, but I don't talk like this at work because there's a sense of decorum you're supposed to have there. But I looked over yeah. at her after feeling like I was being harassed, basically, and just said, I don't fucking work for you. Well, that opened up a big can of worms and so on and so forth. And I was basically told people who curse are less intelligent. Although it's funny because studies have shown that that's the exact opposite, which is hilarious. But uh, that, that's the closest to any of this I've ever been. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. There was one time when I was accused of being racist because I called somebody stupid. I had well, a supervisor like her in the late 90s. And it didn't matter what you said or did. You were always wrong. And she tried her hardest to get me fired 
for six months till I finally got fed up and I went to the um, owner and the owner went around and talked to various different um, heads of the different departments and got the same attitude that I brought to him and basically said, okay, and fired her. I hate to hear that anybody got fired, but when somebody, you know, that, that goes kind of like to our tenant three of RP gate where it's like, you know, natural diversity, right? Inclusion comes from natural diversity. or sorry. I, I can't read. It. I know what I'm trying to say. Uh, or yeah, organic. That's the word I was looking for. Organic diversity from natural inclusion. If you are not a problem at the table, if you are not a problem at work, I don't want to see somebody fired over like a miscommunication, but people proselytize this stuff. Whether you proselytize your religion or your atheism or you proselytize your agenda or you proselytize your for or against, you know, the current president, whether no matter what it is, stop proselytizing because nobody cares. You're there to work. Once yeah. you get into the, once you get into that little agenda thing of like, well, I think that everything you say is some sort of istophobe, I'm gonna say it all. Kind of like Grimm said last week with us, as soon as I know somebody doesn't like to hear something, I say it because words are just words. And if you're if you literally think that you need a safe space over words, I have zero use for you as a human being. Now, I don't want somebody fired. However, if you're the problem because you think everything is some sort of istophobe, you need to be fired. You are causing a problem at the workplace. It's not the people who are here. Again, there are things you do and don't say at work. There are things you do and don't act upon at work. You know, I get it. There are legitimate reasons to complain. But if you're just complaining because you don't like the sound of something, you're you're the problem. Get out. Yeah, I mean, she was causing a backup in our workflow. I mean, I, I was working with a product designer. Um, we were a structured steel detailing company. Okay. Also did um, construction and working with EJE Industries, who was doing our software. This was in the early 80s. Well, actually, late 80s, early 90s. She was causing disruption between me and the owner of the company that I was working with, trying to get our cut sheets and everything else for the software. And I I just couldn't get the communications back and forth. And trying to work with him and through her, it just, I, I couldn't get any work done. And for six months, I put up with this. I mean, how, how, are you, how are you supposed to make the company grow and work when this person is just trampling all over everything you do? Yeah, once you become a detriment, the, the company is there to either make a product or perform a service or whatever. There's a, as I say it, working for the government, working for the United States Air Force, I have a mission to get done. I don't care if you like me. When I first came back, so I, I got here in 2010 originally as a contractor left for about nine months, then came back as a federal civilian, which is what I am now. When I came back, the new NCO that was in here basically told me, you know, if you were still in the Air Force, you you would not make it as a senior NCO in today's Air Force because you just don't, you just don't, uh, what he said, reach out to people's feelings. Basically, you don't understand people's feelings and so forth. I'm like, I'm not here for your fucking feelings. I'm here to get a mission done. The mission is what's important to me. If I can make friends at work, which I have, that's a bonus. That's awesome. I, I thank you. Let's let's be friends. But I'm here for a mission, and I couldn't give a fuck less if you like me or not. Get the goddamn job done and do it right. 
That's yeah, exactly. what I care about. And if you're causing a problem because you think something, you don't like that somebody's talking poopoo words to you. Look, look, I, I had a retired colonel. Now he's a high GS. <laughs> when I was in a supervisory position, I had to give him some information. And anybody who knows me knows I can be quite verbose. I, I yep. talk because I want to be very clear. So, and he's like, John, don't build me a fucking watch. Just tell me what I need. Now, I told that to some people. Most people are like, yeah, that's just him. He's great, isn't he? And I'm like, yeah, I know. I, I got to watch it. A couple of them, oh, my God, did he talk to you like that? That's not appropriate. He shouldn't. Shut the hell up. I laughed at I laughed at what he said to me because, number one, he was basically right. And two, mm -hmm. I don't get butthurt by stuff like that. Now, if he had said that and then all of a sudden I got a bad review or if he pulled me in his office and say, you know, you fucking suck. You build me fucking watches. You don't do what the fuck you're supposed to do. Blah, blah, you know, like that. Then we might have a problem. But no. He was just telling me, like, dude, I don't have time for your shenanigans and 20 hours and 18 pages of literature. Just give me the bullet points. And he was right. Yeah, I mean, you, you were giving him the details. He just wanted the straight line. I mean, I understand right. that because I do the same thing you do. And, and and the thing is, is some people are like, oh, you shouldn't let him do that. No, I, I have no problem with him doing that because I'm what's called an adult. Exactly. And there's right. adulting and then there's goofing around. Any? Do you have anything in regard to like we talked about in the was it segment one with regard to one shots or the I shadow or banshee or anything? Or? What's, oh, you weren't here? Oh, well, you'll have to oh, watch I, that. I totally missed your segment one, brother. Well, we, I was asleep. We talked about one shots. We talked about the shadow and we talked about the Banshee because, you know, Halloween. Oh, I, I, I was here for the Banshee and okay. the shadow. That was about it. But no, I, I mostly wanted to talk about uh, her, what's her face. So that's about it for me. <laughs> okay. Well, I appreciate it. I hope you have a good one. I'm going to disconnect you here and then we're going to see if anybody else wants to come in or close out the show. Bye. Let's say goodbye to Ravenslayer. <laughs> All right. Uh, if I'm going to put the link out here one more time if anybody else wants to come in. Otherwise, we'll start to close it up. It is coming up on 9.40 p.m. here in Germany. Deutschland! Where what's-her-nuts, that, that SJW dumb broad... Uh, I, I, I honestly, you know, some people... If you say this, thou doth protest too much. And I do believe that to some degree, but... I can work with anybody. I mean, I do have an attitude. I do say my things. Most people think that the stuff that I say, they're like, oh, God, you are so hilarious. Not in a funny, ha, 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 you should be a comedian way, but just as in, God, you're insane. You know, <laughs> that kind of method, right? I don't know what the fuck all that means, but uh, no, I am not. I am not a, a, the Hindenburg. Um, but, uh, uh, actually, I should have said that right, but whatever. Uh, um, was I saying? Oh, I forgot what I was saying now because you got me speaking Russian. Ah, durak, zetsyum. So anyway, yeah, we'll just we'll just let that go unless somebody types in chat what the fuck I was saying before because <laughs> I literally forgot. Oh, I don't say I can work. I can know. I can work with it. Oh, Krantz is here. Uh, let me finish this up, Krantz. I'll get right to you. Uh, I I can work with anybody. There's nobody I can't. The only people I can't work with are the people who preach to me. What the hell did you say? Zdrat Fun, you ask something, please. What? I don't know. I think sometimes people think they know languages and then they write in Romaji. So, <laughs> yes, I'd like to. Have it. All right, what's going on, Krantz? How are you doing today? 
I was just I was just wondering uh, why why this push from uh, I, I know we're still talking about the SJWs, but why this push to get into our escapism? Like I like to make sure that we are all on the same page. It's so frustrating. I just they they they're like they get in there and then they want to destroy it and then they uh, they don't understand why nobody wants to buy their product anymore. I wish I had an answer for you. And as somebody who's followed Gamergate and Comicsgate, uh, way more Comicsgate and so forth, I, I try to hear what they have to say, especially for people like Ethan Van Skyver, who's been in the industry. I, I still can't fathom it because cause here's my thing. And I think I'm probably just going to be repeating what you say, but uh, I'm making my own game. Okay. Because I want to create something. It may never see the light of day. I may only run it for friends. I may actually sell it. I don't know, but I'm making my own thing. I have no intention of going into, I don't know, Vampire the Masquerade and saying, you have to do things differently. I have no intention of going into uh, some asset like Zweihander, who I cannot stand, and go in there and say, you have to do it differently. I, I just, it doesn't even, it doesn't even come, to, come to me. The only thing I can think of is that Wizards of the Coast, an SJW company, one through 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 typical corporate means, got the, the owns the name of Dungeons and Dragons, and they're essentially selling what I call Wizards of the Coast Third Edition, which is D and D Fifth Edition, right? Uh, is selling that because they own the name and has name recognition. That's the only thing I can think of. Otherwise, they've literally created a new game. There is nothing similar, nothing similar from Fifth Edition D and D. Hell, I'd even say Third Edition D and D versus Basic First or Second Edition AD. Nothing. So as to why they do it, I, I can't answer that because, you know, if they can't have what they want, they destroy it. They destroy what I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, it's kind of a rhetorical question, I think, because I think you made your point by asking the question, but I, I, I tried to answer it. <laughs> I mean, what what, what like, are your thoughts on that? It's just that they seem to be upset when we don't embrace something and then they find what Alex what we are embracing and then they worm their way into that and destroy that and I'm like well i it's it's just very frustrating the thing uh, is is nobody just, converts anybody on like have you ever won a facebook argument with somebody <laughs> i never have and i and yeah, i can make, argue with you anybody peace with your enemies you don't <laughs> it's just right uh, it's, it's, see it's my, just, my problem with the people coming in it, to see mm -hmm. oh go on i'm sorry no no no, no, no. Uh, my, my problem with the people coming in isn't isn't the fact that, look, you can make homebrews. Um, you can make your own little worlds and so forth. Like, uh, some people said I should have talked about that, that lesbian queer game that just came out. I don't care. They're creating something. Let them have it. I don't have a problem with it. I literally don't have a problem with whatever that game is. Somebody posted in our Discord. It's there somewhere. It's something different. What I have a problem with is don't come into my game and change it. Don't come into what's already established and say, oh, we can't have this. No, 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 we can't have this. If you don't like it, go make your own. And, and the fact that they don't understand that concept, I, look, you're not going to change those books I have behind me, right? So I, yeah, I, I'm just as confused. <laughs> I've got nothing. So uh, like Wheelchair Girl and her group from D&D Celebration, they want to normalize it for everyone. Normalize it in your own game. Again, the wheelchair thing doesn't even bother me because it comes out, one is an option, literally says this is an option, and it's in an appendix somewhere. 
Where I have a problem is when you incorporate Tieflings, Drow, Asimar, and Dragon Weirdos and so forth in the player's handbook because people treat that as core. That is now part of the established game. It is core. That's where I have the problem. Those beings should not exist. I think that has more to do with the marketing sales thing. Adding those players. That, that, that type of uh, player character. In. Yeah, but we had the monsters, we had the humanoids handbook for second edition. So, I mean, it's not like, I mean, second edition did it. It's not like it's never been done. You just didn't have to put the, keep the core the same and then build stuff around it. That's, I mean, that's the way I see it. Now that it's core, it must be done. And, 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 you know, no, a game master can do whatever a game master wants to do. How many times have you seen a game master pull, rip something as standardized as a race or a class out of a core book? At least without I mean, a huge you got fight. Hasbro, and they want to make money, so they go, who's the most popular character? Oh, it's Drist. Well, everybody mm. wants to be Drow. Okay, let's, let's let everybody be Drow. It's just, I, I can understand I, it from a marketing sense. Yeah. But and I that's why, why GM will let it. Uh, that, that goes into the same thing of where I look at World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft was a great game. It did a great, great service for Blizzard. But it was a horrible MMORPG. And I'll argue anybody on that one. EverQuest was a much, much better, more appropriate MMORPG. But World of Warcraft made the oh, money. EverQuest and everybody forever. wants to be... Yes. But everybody wants to make World of Warcraft clones. Uh, same thing for, like, Dungeons & Dragons. I'll tell you that first and second edition, that's Dungeons & Dragons. This new crap isn't. It's, it's, ruined, it's ruined Dungeons & Dragons. Like, the good news is, is so many games out there now that, that it doesn't matter. I don't care. Like, Eberron, I hate the Eberron world. I hate it. reason I hate it is because, you know, Shadzar is saying that uh, Castle Crusade is a ripoff of uh, Dungeons & Dragons. I feel Eberron was a ripoff of Earthdawn. Drink. But, <laughs> drink, yeah. All right. I don't have alcohol, but I'll do it anyway. Uh, but uh, but I, uh, I, I really feel that way. The thing is, is, I didn't mind it as its own world. Just as I didn't mind Dark Sun as its own world, even though I can't stand Dark Sun. I hate it. I don't like psionics and so forth. I, I don't I don't believe psionics should exist in uh, in second edition AD and D. Maybe in third edition they did, but there there were some things I liked about Eberron. I liked or not Eberron, uh, um, Dark Sun. I liked the uh, defiler preserver aspect. I hated man eating halflings and what is it, half giants. But you know it fit is that it's, it's that game's realm so, or that 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 realm's uh, ethos or, or uh, ecology. So I, I don't fight against it too much. Just like uh, Shadzer said earlier, I don't rail against Pathfinder. I hate the people behind it, but I don't rail on it because it's its own thing. I do rail on Watsy D&D because they've stolen the D&D name. There's my drink. Uh, all right. Anything, uh, anything else on what we talked about today? Uh, no. Uh, with the one-shots, we do like uh, one-shots usually on holidays. And it's usually a Savage Worlds, and it's just like a little kind of esque one shot. That's how we do them. Hey, Lou Prosperi for uh, I, I'm a very I, I love Lou Prosperi for uh, Earthdawn first uh, first edition Earthdawn. I and wasn't even the fact that he made the game that I fell in love with. I loved his responses on Strands, which was an old website back in the day that where he would respond. Usually, it wasn't him responding; it's usually other people, but. Uh, he, when, when people would come out with things like, 
it makes more sense for my character not to have a grimoire. Why would I have all that in there when a horror could use that to tie itself to me? Blah, blah, blah. And he'd be like, it's a fucking role-playing game. Your character wouldn't get rid of that. Uh, stop, uh, you know, stop just using the numbers of the game and start thinking like a character in a world and so forth. I used to love when you do things like that. Uh, back on what you said, uh, Krantz, uh, we're talking about doing uh, a video series on Savage Worlds. Uh, Heathen Dog has zero experience with it. I have very little experience with it other than owning the book. We're a little hesitant of it right now because we know there are a lot of... Uh, a lot of people who love that system who aren't going to... It's kind of like GURPS. A lot of people love it, and they don't like it when you say things that either go against it or don't sound perfectly, you know, uh, like you've played it for 100 years. So I'm being a little cautious with that. I think what I'm going to need to do is either buy a couple more supplements or actually play it a few times. But uh, we are looking at that in the future. What if I missed in chat? Chat seems to be going crazy here. But uh, maybe when we do, you have a lot of experience with that. I'm assuming, correct? That's uh, that's on our regular rotation in my group. Yeah. Well, then you know, I mean, there's nothing. This is not the Heathen Dog and Max Liao show, so there's nothing to say you can't come in here and and talk about it if uh, you're interested. If we get to that possibility. Yeah. Oh, Streamlabs has gone crazy. Okay. All right. Um, just to watch, uh, I'm gonna try to catch up on chat here. Anything else on what we talked about today? If not, thank you for being here. I do appreciate it. I don't want to shut you up. It's just if uh got nothing else, I'm going to move on. Nope. Thanks, Max. All right. You have a good one, man. Thank you for being here. All right. Uh, I want everybody again to uh, thank Crafty for all the subscriptions, especially if you got one. If you haven't, if you have not thanked him and you got a subscription, you're a bad, bad person. Uh, <laughs> bot spam. Yeah, okay. I, I see that's all the bot spam there. Uh, did you know Watsi did not actually create ever? No, I didn't know that was some college students. I thought, thought it was, I thought uh, college students. Eberron came out with uh, wasn't it with second edition or was it with third? I, I forget. I thought it came out with second edition. Uh, done by some college students. It's just when I first saw it in the mid nineties, I was like, wait a second, it's got airships. Or done has airships. It's got uh, uh, Obsidian. Uh, they're called something else in the game. I forget what it's called. I'm like, uh, Earthdon's got Obsidian. I mean, I just looked at it, I went down the list. I was like. I'm already playing this game, and I like Earthdawn better, so. Uh, it might have been the most, well, like, like uh, Krantz just said, it might have been the most uh, marketable in, in terms of uh, people want something different. Look, there's nothing wrong with you building a homebrew world with everything from furries to dragon men to demons and so forth. I just don't like in the core game. Dungeons and Dragons has a mystique about it. It's Tolkien-esque, kind of. It's also, uh, you know... Uh, European uh, uh, folklore-esque and so forth. Leave it at that. Then make the world books that have the dragon kin and the, the, the playable drow, which I'll burn, and the, uh, uh, you know, and the tieflings and so forth. Uh, that's, that's where the problem is. Because remember, tiefling were NPCs at first. They weren't player characters, but, you know, because they're so edgy. Ooh, I gotta be a tiefling. <laughs> no. No, you don't. First of all, how did they get to the prime material plane? Nobody should be doing that anyway. The low-level character should not be going to Planescape, which is my biggest problem with Planescape. But uh, just stick with the, your typical humans, elves, dwarves, halflings, gnomes, maybe half-orcs if, you know, you're going a little older there. And then have source books after it, like with what 2nd Edition did with the Humanoids Handbook and, and uh, the other handbooks that they put out there. Th then it makes more sense. You can expand your game or just make up your own. I'm totally fine with that. I'm absolutely fine with that. It just should not be in the core book. 
Uh, Watsi made a 10k contender setting, and Keith Baker won with eBay run. <laughs> uh, third edition. Yeah, it's not like Watsi couldn't see a check. Yeah, right. I, look, I, I'm torn on this in the fact of... I'm, no, I'm not going to tell you it shouldn't exist. I'm only saying it shouldn't exist in the player's handbook. I, I hope that makes sense. Okay, so, um, Hill, I've never played Boot Hill. I heard a lot about it, but I never played it. Uh, makes it... Oh, is somebody talking about Deadlands? Because I saw Wild West Pokery feel. Somebody talking about Deadlands? <laughs> I'm sorry, I mean... Uh, okay, so... Well, the thing is, is look... The cards... I don't like the cards either. I just, I just don't. Uh, it's, I think role-playing games should be done with dice. It's like even when people do that with Battletech and they, and they bring out cards for initiative and so forth. I don't like it. I just feel that role-playing games should be dice. That's, that's my opinion on that. And, you know, but... Like Savage World, I'm, I yeah, it's Savage Worlds and what I've read on it, that is, I would say that I would agree with Krantz. Let me put this on the screen. It's it's, it's an easy, it's kind of a rules like, a rules light system in, in that regard. <laughs> so I do need to be an engineer. Also, people know not to talk to me. <laughs> Fair enough. You win the internet today. <laughs> All right. Oh, chat has been great, guys. I, I appreciate this. I do like to see chat going more and more. I wish Heathen Dog could keep up with this because I can't keep up with it right now as I'm trying to look this way and look that way and so forth. But I think we are going to end it. Uh, uh, I guess I will put the link out one more time because every time I put out, somebody came in. Um, and if uh, you want to join, I'll give one last call out to anybody who wants to uh, join. And uh, thank you. All uh, again, most of the chat comes from Twitch, not on YouTube. But I want to thank, uh, especially Charlotte. I mean, what was the first comment? Somebody else? Oh, that's right, the one said, "Don't talk politics." Hey, we're trying to talk politics at the beginning of the stream. Uh, it came up because we were talking about, you know, thanking and so forth, and you know, we had Grim on the show and how people with differing politics can actually get along. That's what we were talking about. So, um, what I, what I want to finish up here is saying, first of all, please, please, please share share this now you're gonna be like i can't share it you always make it go private after you're done that is true um all you people who just got free accounts if i see you on our discord you should have accounts on our discord now yes yeah, spectrifier's got a, a name um if you're on our discord you will have access to the private section which has access to this full stream yes after the stream's over i mark it as private and it's and it's yeah never to go up again except for in the segment format which you're going to miss the 40-minute the 40 introduction where we thank you and so forth. Because this is a conversation. This is a live stream. The YouTube thing is very secondary to me. It's more for posterity than anything else. So if you want to see the full live stream, you've got you've to monetarily back us somehow. Yeah, it's a little paywall. Sorry about that. But it could be a YouTube member. It could be a Twitch subscriber. Or it could be a Subscribestar backer. All of those count. So uh, Twitch and Discord never link for you, but I'm not worried uh, it should have. If not, if it didn't, it might not right away. I wonder if gift, gift subscriptions don't count. See, I don't control that part of it. Um, I mean, you, you're a subscriber. I don't see why not. But uh, maybe, maybe that's the case. Maybe, maybe gift subscriptions don't count. I'll have to look into that a little bit more. I'm trying to find your name on here. I don't even see your name on here. Where's the old shads are? Oh, yep, you're right. It didn't, it didn't link. Okay, well... The API broke in your account? Well, maybe it did. Uh, if you can use Call of Cthulhu for one-offs as well. Yeah, Call of Cthulhu, to me, that and, like, Paranoia, different concepts, but I think they make great one-shots. Uh, 
so okay um hopefully i answered everything if i did not answer what you wanted me to answer go to our discord and post there uh the last thing i want to say is hey uh, again grim was a good guest check him out uh check out those kickstarters that uh posted before and if you want to see this live stream in its entirety back and uh if uh if you think you've back if you feel you have backed the channel and uh you're not getting the access you deserve just send us a message on discord pretty much if you send comments anywhere we'll see it on youtube at some point uh anywhere else is hit and miss but discord for sure um pay attention to that so let's go through the end stuff you know the fun fun stuff that everybody's like oh god this again before we head on out let me uh let me do this backwards let me thank everybody i want to thank all the people who subscribe thank you again crafty matt craft for all the gift subscriptions again i hope everybody did give you a thank you um but uh, I want to thank you very, very, very much sincerely for handing out all those subscriptions. I'm not lying when I say I was considering stopping doing this on Twitch and just kind of focusing on YouTube because then it's one-stop shop. But, well, now I can't do that at least for a month. So, um, anyway, I want to thank our YouTube members, our Subscribestar backers, and the people who give us cheers, bits, and donations. I also want to thank all the viewers, even our lurkers like Spectrofire who got a free monthly account today. Somebody needs to go to Spectrofire's channel and say, come on, man, come on. You lurked and got a free account and you didn't even sit through Max's travesty. <laughs> yeah. uh, Legion of misspelling. What? what? Did I misspell something? What's going on here? What did I miss? Uh, so anyway, I want to thank our YouTube subscribers, Chatters and Lurkers. Also, hey, if you saw my shirt today, let me let me get this off for just a second. One more time, I want to show off the shirt that uh, that uh, Wounded Warrior Project sent me. So thank you very much. If you can donate to the Wounded Warrior Project, that would be amazing. If you want to do it in our names, and you can see that on our Twitch channel. Uh, they sent me a little Wounded Warrior flag to go behind me in a big mug, too. But uh, I can't put the flag up because I have a green screen there instead, you know. But uh, I'll, find, I'll find something to do with that. But I want to thank the Wounded Warrior Project for that. And thank you for all your donations to the Wounded Warrior Project. I'm not going to show the schedule because it's garbage. I haven't updated it. <laughs> there we go. And uh, so I guess the only other thing to show you is this. There you go. Discord's where it's at, man. That's right. I said where it's at. It's at. Because I like to do English here. Uh, but to come over to our Discord. Talk to us there. And uh, you'll get all your life's goals answered. No, you won't. But uh, you can also follow us. Check out our website. I try to update that as much as I can. I post on Parler and Twitter almost never. I use Parler more than Twitter, but uh, I'm just not a social media person. Twitch, we're here. As you can see, we do video game streaming throughout the week. And YouTube, I do try to answer as many comments as I can, or I send them you know, to Heathen Dog to have him answer. And, uh, you know, buy our stuff on Spreadshirt. I should show that off one day. I actually want to make some new shirts and so forth that are a little more interesting, but you know, we'll see. I don't have time for graphics work right now because I'm working on so many other things. But uh, uh, I want to thank uh, Raven's Lair, Kransmar Hawkman for jumping on the show. I want to thank uh, Charlotte Williams for the good chatting. Shadzar, Travis, uh, Raven's Lair, Krantz again, Crafty, Matt Craft. Uh, who else was chatting up here? I, I'm sure I missed somebody. You know, you can't always remember everybody, and I feel bad about that. But you know what? If you chatted, I respect you. Love you. Can't wait to see you guys here next week. Just so you know, next week is going to be another week like this one. Probably just some uh, some interesting things that we find. And then two weeks from today, we're planning on having a special guest on here again. 
and we're going to be talking something that will probably either make Shadzar give us all big hugs or hate us forever. We'll find out. But uh, we'll be talking about BCMI. And, uh, and we'll just see what happens uh, with that, with our special guests. So, uh, all right, it's time to theme song our way out of here. And uh, let me get that up first. This is RPG Digest, Sundays, 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, the segments will post on the typical Tuesday and Thursday this week, although it might be Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday since we had three segment ones. Ooh, it might be four YouTube videos this week. Ooh. Um, if you have need to see the full stream, well, again, I already kind of told you about that. Sorry, but that's on a paywall. Really had a good... I, I liked our introduction. It talked about this being our 20th episode. 20? We've already done 20 of these things. Wow. Anywho, if you want to see that... You know how to do it. All right, everybody. Really do appreciate you all. I hope every single one of you has a wonderful day.